0: Alright, am I on the air? Yep Fuck Thanks We interrupt
1: our program to bring you a special broadcast
2: Is this thing gone? I said shout to Nick and Don Him on the air radio every Sunday night, man What up? Red Dragons Shout out to the boy Nick I see you done the the Real Talk, Real Talk. Put it in your ear. We reachin' for the sky, but we put it in the air. Not a glass, you but I tell it to you clear. Hammer on the air, we rock. Here's your whip, man. Hammer on the air. Here's this mic, here for nothing. My demographic pull due box office numbers. Weekend reviews said we number one get us. Now y'all here, we number one get us, up uh, turn it on, Nick and Dawn. And I'm like, turn it up, what the f? eh? We air it out, wear it out, and we winning. them on the air, follow back, and we trending. You can't tell me what I got, not be. Don't give a FCK about the FCC. I'm the head for the hellers, words for the voices. Him on the air, Sunday night, and I'm off this.
0: And good evening, everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Am I on the Air? We have a big episode tonight. Both Don and I have seen Anchorman 2 and we'll be giving our reviews. And I know in honor of tomorrow's holiday of Festivus that I will be airing some grievances about the entertainment industry during this episode, and Don just might as well. But we got a lot to get to and very little time, so let's jump right in. I'm Nick Gator with DX Don Mega Don Mega Mega,
2: Mega, Mega,
1: Mega, Mega. Yes, bring it on down to Rappinville What up everybody? Season 7 Episode 19 The Legend Needs Editing Yes, we are live with you tonight, our season finale on December 22nd. This will be our last M.I. on the air for 2013, so like Nick said, very big episode. I'm glad we both saw Anchorman and I believe share some pretty similar thoughts. And um, yeah, lots of other news going on in the world of entertainment, so let's do it.
0: Uh, Most importantly, maybe, is that uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special defeated the X-Factor, the first hour of the X-Factor finale, uh, 1.7 to 1.5. X-Factor ended up having 1.7 for the entire show, but head-to-head the Charlie Brown Christmas special that was aired about two or three weeks ago and is 50 years old beat out the first hour of the X-Factor finale. I don't watch X-Factor. I don't care about X-Factor. But I know a lot of people out there do. Including Don. Including Don and Corey. Uh, and a family friend who said he was never going to look at X-Factor again. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That you know X-Factor's ratings were down from last season. But the article that I was reading about this said that they're still going to be back for another year.
1: Well, nothing, nothing's official yet. Um, Simon Cowell is pretty confident it will return. Um, We do know Demi Lovato has opted out. She says she will not be back next year.
0: Well, I mean, can you blame them after that video they showed? (laughs) And not only did they show that video, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they showed this video that was sort of poking fun at her alcohol abuse, her substance abuse, and you can see her mouth, that's fucked up uh, in the video, and they still posted the video on YouTube. Well, they
1: aired that during the finale. Did
0: they really? Oh, I just saw it online. That's even
1: worse. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't look you know, I didn't think that she took it that bad, but like it did it seemed when it first started airing that they were kind of like you know, like like she looked kinda of pissed off. Um I don't think that was the intention. I can see how that could be you know, she well, did let, have a drinking problem and then ask, saying like, Oh, it's what was it called? Like crazy juice or something like that. Like
0: Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you not assume that if they're gonna do this that they're gonna consult with you and make yeah. sure it's okay?
1: I would think so because they did they did a package they do this every finale even American Idol does this where They did a thing on Paulina Rubio, you know, kind of making fun of her accent, and she always said, oh, it's mad patchy, it's petchy," like, you know, and, you know, and just because she had that heavy um, accent, and and so they made fun of her for that, they made fun of Simon and, like, scowling everybody, and they made fun of Kelly, like, hitting on the guys during the year in the competition, like, they did video packages for every judge, like, making fun of them, and that was just her thing, because she's always sipping on a cup, so, you know, that was just kind of like, she'd say a comment, and they'd be like, oh, it's that, you know, annoying juice or whatever the hell they were calling it. Like, I thought it was just something kind of funny. I didn't even think that, like, that's what they were really going for. But I could see how, you know, since she did have an issue, how that could be, you know, turned that
0: I mean, because, you know, we're wrestling fans, and they've done some pretty, very emotional, uh, personal things in wrestling and i'm going to talk about like the michael cole thing where he was talking about jerry lawler's dead mother or like the big show and the big boss man when they did the whole thing with the big show's dad and i know that they've talked to that person and gotten permission and made sure it was okay first and you would think something like this someone is going to be pretty sensitive about why would you go out there and and possibly embarrass them or piss them off without talking to them first.
1: Yeah, I feel that she was looped in on that, and I really don't feel that that has anything to do with her leaving the show. Like, that that's something that that contract was already up, and she's opting to not renew because she wants to focus next year on her music and everything like that. It's the same thing we heard, like, Christina do, and that's why Christina and CeeLo bounce out of the voice now every now and then, and, um, you know, it's why Brittany left because she had her music thing to go do. So Demi Lovato is a pop star, you know, and, and, and that takes out half the chunk of your year, it's kind of hard to like do a tour and stuff like that so i mean you got to understand where an artist is coming from too so i really don't think they had one to do with the other but um yeah it was interesting um but we'll see how x-factor does well let me
0: let me ask you another question then if they weren't planning on her coming back they hadn't resigned or whatever would that then be the reason to do something like this No, I really don't. I care. just feel like there's more here than meets the eye. And I, Simon, Simon Cowell is a prick. So let's say, <laughs> you know,
1: Jimmy has been the one constant on that show in three well, seasons. Maybe they had
0: some kind of a falling out, and he's like, oh, we're going to do you know X, <laughs> Y, and Z. You know he's an asshole. So
1: yeah, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't
0: look at the show. I'm just saying knowing the personalities involved and seeing her reaction and seeing how all of this played out. The fact that she's not coming back would be a reason to sort of embarrass her, make her look foolish or bad. Right. You know, even though it's, oh, then your response is, oh, we were just kidding around. We do this every year. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But, you, but you did it on purpose.
1: Could be. I mean, you never know. I mean, like, you know, we, we always are speculating on this show. But it's just, I, I didn't feel like it was that kind of a jab. You know, at her like I I really didn't like. I feel she kind of took it a little bit of a different way because when they did everybody else's video package, there was a lot of laughs and everybody was enjoying it. And then when they did hers, she did genuinely seem kind of pissed off in the beginning. She made a joke at the end and she was kind of laughing it off. But you know, that could just be her trying to turn up a positive face for television too. So you know, who knows? Um, I'm you know, I am a big fan of the X Factor, and honestly, like that's probably. My favorite singing competition show out of the bunch at this point, you know, it used to be The Voice. I've kind of, I've kind of dropped down on The Voice. Like, The Voice has been great this season. I will give it that. Congratulations to uh, Tessan who won this uh, newest season. Beat out my girl Jackie. I thought Jackie was going to win for sure. That was somebody I was pulling for from the beginning, but she made it to second place, so I was close. <laughs> but uh, Tessanne's awesome. So they got a good winner on The Voice. But for me, The Voice is like really awesome during the blind auditions. And for me, it's all about the turn around and it's about the pitching, you know, like pick me as your coach, you know, kind of thing. And then I'd like the second phase of it with the steals and all that kind of shit and the battle rounds and stuff. But when it gets to the, just the normal part of the show afterwards, I kind of get just bored of it.
0: And that's what happens to me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really high on the auditions and then when they get to the singing and the battle rounds and the stealing and all that, I'm sort of still into it. Yeah. And then by the end of all that, it's, you know, I'm being told, I'm being told who's still in
1: yeah exactly. you know X Factor mixed it up a little bit this season. You know we talked about the the four chair challenge and all that stuff, which I thought was excellent and I know i read that, read that same article with Simon Cowell the other day where he said that that was his favorite part of the show this year, and they're talking about if they do come back, they're going to try to revamp, of course, and do something unique and different to set it apart from the other shows. But I think they always say that i mean I've been hearing that about American Idol for the last five years, and it 's still the same damn show every year, so no no, no,
0: Terry Connick this year though.
1: Yeah, different judges, but the format is always the same, even though every year they're like, We're gonna do it up different. It's not gonna be your normal American Idol and then it's always the same shit. You know. It is fatigue, I think, at this point. These shows have been on. I mean American Idol's going on like its thirteenth season. <laughs> so, I mean it's a little much at this point, you know, and, and I I was telling you the other day, the voice just ended last week and they're already like season premiere february you know and i'm like damn man they're only gone for like a month <laughs> a month and a half and then they're back with another season again with shakira and usher coming back and i'm like that's fast man like the voice is fucking exhausting <laughs> the show goes on for like five months and then it's like they're only gonna take off a month and a half and then come back with a whole another season again it's too much you know a-, a singing show like that should only be on once a year it shouldn't be on twice a year it's, it's way too much fatigue. I wanted to ask you, because I know you said your friend said, you know, I'm done with the X Factor or whatever, which really kind of fucked me up when I watched the finale, because I was waiting for the big shock and surprise, because you made me feel like somebody really out of the norm was going to win <laughs> because of that statement. So I was, like, shitting bricks because the people who I thought to win ended up winning, so I thought that was a great choice, and this is the first time that they're saying that the X Factor even has a legitimate... You know pop artist on their hand that's gonna make make them some money for once <laughs> unlike their other winners and uh so like why why was your friend so kind of up uppity about it?
0: I have no <laughs> idea that's I guess I saw that status update and then I moved on oh okay, I have no <laughs> idea I mean he's very opinionated. <laughs>
1: Well, Certainly. usually when somebody says that, I mean, because we've talked about it before. I mean, we I've blasted America's voting problem many of times. Because, well, so did Adam. You know, Adam Levine did that last year on The Voice. Yeah, I mean, because it happens so often on these shows where you have such an amazing singer, and they get bounced, and then somebody shitty wins. And I've seen it happen a million times. So when you told me that your friend said that, it really made me nervous watching the finale because this couple, Alex and Sierra, won X Factor. And I've been saying for the last you know 4 months they're going to win like they've just they just had that appeal and when i read that st- when you said that status it just made me so nervous that they were going to lose and they were going to give it to you know somebody whack and um so when they won it really caught me off guard i was surprised again actually because yeah, I was really scared because of what you had said. Your friend said, so <laughs> I don't know why he's upset. I don't know,
0: and I and I don't care enough to dig deeper because it's not. I mean, if they had said something about the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary or uh, you know the finale of Top Chef, then I might have I might have gone in there. Uh, but speaking of reality shows, I did see. That one of the shows you really liked, uh, Master Chef Junior, has been renewed. Yes, correct. And I am I am going to be giving us uh, a chance because um, I've been there's been a couple of they've sort of been ripping it off. There's been some <laughs> there's been some stuff on the Food Network that has been ripping it off. They've had some uh, kids competition shows on, so I'll be I'll give that an opportunity because you know I do like. Um, the food competition stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what it kills me because the only ones I watch are the Ramsey ones. Yeah, but Gordon
0: Ramsey is so uh he's
1: he's so uh he's
0: yelling and angry and
1: that's you more, like these that's more Hell's Kitchen though. Like if you watch MasterChef, I think you would appreciate that one more because it's not just him. He's got two other judges. One
0: season done. I tried uh, and I didn't make it very far. Huh. But I remember watching like the first episode and just I don't know, I lose I lose interest quick, especially with uh especially with a new something new. It takes something to get me interested. It takes a lot it takes a lot of gnashing and wailing to get me on board with something new. I don't like that.
1: Yes.
0: I don't even think women should be able to vote still, so it tells you where I'm coming from. Only kidding, it's just a joke. Everyone relax. That woman got fired uh, because of what she said on Twitter about uh, going to Africa and getting AIDS. So I know we're all very sensitive. That woman, by the way, I don't know if you saw that story. That woman worked for WWE once upon a time.
1: I just saw your messages about it. yeah. Yeah.
0: This Justine Sacco woman works in public relations and sent a tweet out about going to Africa and getting AIDS. And She was like, just kidding, I'm white. And if you go back and look at some of her previous tweets, they are not good. Like, they are very offensive. So, it's one thing to be offensive, but then to be offensive and not be funny, that makes it even worse. So, just one man's opinion on that. But I'll be trying that, and the mid-season finale of biggest loser just happened and i've sort of been waning on the biggest loser this season i'm really watching because ruben stuttered from american idol was on and he just was eliminated he's been eliminated twice He was eliminated and then they brought him back because one of the trainers was giving her uh her people like five hour energy or something so and that's not allowed so they brought him back because that was the funky week but now it looks like Uh, everyone is coming back that's been eliminated and they're going to give someone the opportunity to come back and continue on The Biggest Loser. So The Biggest Loser is one of those shows where they were doing like two seasons in a year like they would do the finale and then they would do the next season like a month or two later and that really got fatigued so we'll see what happens with that. And then you have shows like Revolution, where uh, you know they, <laughs> they disappear for six months and yeah, no one cares anymore.
1: Exactly. That can't
0: possibly so be getting. It can't possibly be getting a third season, right?
1: No, I'd be super, super shocked. Yeah, it's been it, doing it's, horrible this year.
0: Yeah, it's not possible. Well, I know we've been skipping around a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, we both saw Anchorman two. And a little spoiler, since the name of the episode is "The Legend Needs Editing," it can sort of let you know what our thoughts were on the movie. But we did see it. I actually was going to see American Hustle, and we're going to see that with my folks uh, when we're visiting them for the holidays. So the next time we get together, I'll have American Hustle, probably The Wolf of Wall Street, and possibly something else to review. But
1: yeah, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, I did want to see Anchorman, and so we decided to go see it last night. Uh, Don, I know you saw it before I did. So what were your thoughts about this sequel?
1: Um, Well, I mean, first and foremost, I loved it. I mean, it, it was hilarious, and I was very, very happy to... Get a sequel to Anchorman, which is one of my all-time favorite uh, Will Ferrell movies. Um, I love, love, love the first movie, and this is one I've been hoping that, you know, I've heard the rumors over the years, oh, we might do an Anchorman 2, we might do an Anchorman 2, and when they finally locked it in, I was super, super stoked on it. Um, and it really lived up to most of the hype. You know, I was very happy to hear... I read a lot of early reviews that said, oh, it's super funny. Um, it's right up there with the original. I even... There's a ton of people out there that actually say it's better than the first movie. I will not go that far. Um, I, I truly feel the first film is way better. Um, but this one is very, very funny. Um, you know, the cast started getting put together, and, you know, you still had uh, Will Ferrell, you had Paul Rudd, you know, and Steve Carell was back, and the whole, the whole nine, um, Christina Applegate, I mean, everybody started returning, uh, we heard about Harrison Ford joining the cast, which was, like, super odd at the time, and I gotta say, with the whole Harrison Ford thing, I was a little bummed, because when they signed him, they never specified that it was gonna basically just be a cameo, you know, because his role in the film really is a cameo, he's in the film for maybe five minutes, it's at the very beginning of the film. Um, and He makes one appearance later on, but it's just like, it's really just a cameo, and that's it. So, I was a little bummed by that, because they made it seem, when they hired him, that he was, you know, it was like, Harrison Ford joins Anchorman 2, and it was just a big deal was made about it, and then it was just a cameo. So, that would have been better if it was kept as a secret. Like... The big fight scene later in the movie So um, if you saw The first anchor man, there's a there's a big Big fight between all the news studios And the, you, there was a ton of cameos In the first film um, Well this does not disappoint The film really does it all over again It's another big fight in the park um, And all the different news teams come out And it's a brand new bunch of people doing cameos And there was a lot of surprises for me There's not many things in movies anymore These days and we talk about this on our wrestling show Future Endeavors that there's not much just surprises us anymore these days and i gotta say i was genuinely surprised because none of these cameos were really leaked out in advance i hadn't heard about any of these so as they were kind of happening i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god so that was really really cool um so you know the film basically takes place uh several years or maybe right after the first film it's still in the 70s um Will Ferrell's character, Ron Burgundy, and then Christina Applegate's character. They're the top news anchors as they left off in the first movie. Um, and then basically, they ron kind of uh, doesn't get a promotion that he wanted and he ends up leaving newscasting and he goes kind of down in this downward spiral and then they open up a new 24-hour news network and they want ron to be a part of it and then he so he of course agrees and he's got to bring the old team back together and it was a really cool segment of how they brought all the characters together i thought everybody's introduction was great paul rudd's character (laughs) was awesome (laughs) with what he was doing now and um you know the uh the whammy uh, chicken store that Dave Kushner had was awesome. And Steve Carell of just so beyond ridiculous in this movie, Kristen Wiig is in this film as well. And she's also got, um, kind of the same, like she's the same style as like Steve Carell's character. So they play off each other really, really well too. And of course, hilariousness uh, ensues now going with the show's title, as Nick told you, the, the, we said the legend needs editing. And this is where the downside comes to play on this film this film runs a little over two hours long. I think it's about two hours and four minutes or something like that. Um, there's no need for this film to be that damn long. <laughs> it, it really took away from the film. And for as hilarious this movie was and how good it was going, it kind of hits a wall about an hour and 20 minutes into the film. It just stops For me, it completely stopped enough to the point that I actually fell asleep in the movie theater um, because I got really bored, and it just started dragging. And and that's sad to say because before that point, I was really thinking, like, this is a five-star comedy. I'm laughing my ass off. This is awesome. And then it just hit that wall. And literally for about 20 minutes of the film after that, I was just out of it. It just did nothing for me. It dragged and it dragged and it dragged. And I know Nick agrees with me that it was about the same spot that he kind of zoned out on it too. And uh, so, you know, it's very obvious that they made a mistake there. Um, And then, you know, after it kind of, then all of a sudden it kind of snaps back in. And then you get the fight in the park and everything else and all the cameos. And the film really comes back strong at that point. So the movie ends on a very high note. Um, So if they would have just cut out That about 20-25 minutes In that middle section there this film would have been so, so perfect. And, you know, and it's unfortunate because you feel like, I, I feel truly, I mean, these are all really good friends that made this film and they were super stoked to come back and do this movie. And I feel like sometimes they just let the camera roll too long and then they, they overwrite and they're like, oh, let's add this segment in and let's do this and let's do that. And it's just too much. A comedy movie like this really needs to stick around that hour and a half, hour 45 minute time mark. And that's it. Keep it tight and keep it flowing you know, and, and unfortunately they ran it a little bit too long, and it got kind of silly in the middle, um, but take that out the mix, <laughs> it was still a hilarious movie, and I'm very glad that they did it, so for me overall, I give it a four out of five stars, um, I would have gone even higher if it wasn't for that 20 minutes that kind of zonked me out of it, because um, I really did laugh my ass off, there were some great jokes, <laughs> and, and you know, w- Ron Burgundy is such an amazing character, and and the new the whole news team as a whole was great. I got to shout out J- James Marsden too, uh, who a lot of people know as Cyclops from the X Men films. He was awesome in this movie too, and uh, you know and wait till you guys see the cameos. You know I really wish we'd get into spoilers on this and we'd run them down and and everything. But the movie just came out. I don't want to spoil anything, but it was awesome, and you guys will definitely have a blast with it. If you love the first movie, definitely go see it. It's highly recommended. For me, four out of five. Uh, Minus those 20 minutes there. So, Nick, what you got on Anchorman 2?
0: I I do think that Don liked this movie more than I did. Because I could not say I loved this movie. I will say this. I loved the first hour of this movie. I can definitely say that. I definitely loved the first hour of this movie. Uh, The stuff that happens when they are putting the group back together... All of that stuff was really good. all the stuff when they when they go to the network and they're setting all of this up, and a lot of stuff you might have seen in the trailers really tight. but there is a part that really hit a wall for me, and I think Don was able to recover better than me, uh, which is funny because he fell asleep but that part i was I had a hard time recovering from that lol and there's this and I think Don and I agree on this. There was a very specific sort of subplot that happens in the middle of this movie that should have either been completely removed or edited to the bare bones to get this movie down to an hour forty, hour forty five, even less. And it's great if you're having a good time making a movie, but save that for the Blu-ray. Save that so you have like the unrated cut, and the unrated cut's more than just six minutes longer. It's even longer. Yeah. Could you imagine
1: an unrated extended cut that's actually like 40 minutes extra?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what they, that's what an unrated extended cut should be. Not three minutes or five minutes or seven minutes, or sometimes in some of those, they actually make other edits. So they take like 10, 15 seconds here and then add a minute or two here. You know, do that and tell your story. There's nothing wrong with over-filming or over-writing. The problem is when you don't edit properly, and I think this movie suffered dramatically from a very poor editing job to where even when they picked up steam at the end and you have the fight scene and everything, how it wraps up, by that point, I was sort of lost and disinterested, and, and I did not get as much out of it as I would have if I hadn't gone through that 20 or 25 minute malaise in the middle. So that, that really bothered me. And that really took away from the uh, entire movie experience at the beginning, you know, that first hour they're hitting on all cylinders. Every joke is really funny. It's hilarious. It's the same stuff. It's really close to the first movie I felt. And then that middle part really did me in, and then they it does improve, it does get better at the at the end. But by that point, they had sort of lost me. Uh, I'll say I agree with you about um, James. What's his name?
1: James Marsden.
0: He doesn't even look human. <laughs> he he doesn't. He like his cheekbones and his skin and everything. Like he looks like an alien, and I mean that in a good way. Like you ever see someone that's like. Their skin is flawless. You know, everything about them is just so almost too perfect. Uh, he sort of had that look. You know, the cheekbones <laughs> He's and such everything. A <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, he was really good in, in his role uh, coming in. I, I I liked the the woman that played their boss, who Ron Burgundy ends up dating. The black. Bo- yeah, I liked her a lot. What about Blackman here? I, I was I was really happy when Greg Kinnear popped up. I really liked Greg Kinnear and his role. And I thought the cameos at the end were all really good. I will say this. The very first cameo in the movie, uh, there's a scene where they're in New York. You know, Veronica and Ron are in New York. They work for, you know, uh, the biggest organization and the biggest network in new york doing the news and everything and they're walking down the street and uh, someone starts talking to them and is complimenting veronica and it's someone famous uh, in some circles and i had no idea who it was but the audience reacted like it was someone famous so i had to ask my wife who's a little more in tune with uh, certain aspects of popular culture who it was and she knew so when you if you see the movie the very very first cameo it's someone that's talking to them when they're walking down the street I didn't know who that was and honestly I don't even remember what he, that person looks like <laughs> so I would not know uh, I thought the Kristen Wiig character was tremendous the the scene in the laundromat with her and Steve Carell. <laughs> Was very very funny. Um, dated the soda machine. <laughs> yeah, and then she's wearing like the uh, jockey shorts. Not even like not even granny panties. She's wearing boys' tidy whiteies. Uh, I thought all of that was like every very time he
1: good. touched her shoulder, and then he like ran off. Off. <laughs>
0: yeah, all of that was really really strong. Uh, and then the end was good, but the the middle. And you'll when you see the movie, you'll sort of know how it goes. They they really needed to either cut that out. And, like, take plot points that they needed to, to do for the whole movie, like, they just needed to do less. Uh, even ten minutes would have been better. It just, it really hit a brick wall for me, and it was a brick wall that I, I could not, I could not overcome. Uh, it, it is still, you know, it was a good movie. It was fine. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I loved the first hour, though. Uh, So if you want to go watch the first hour, go out and get a burger, get some popcorn, come back for the end, I think you'll really like this movie. Uh, I gave it, on the fine scale, slightly better than fine. Uh, I think the first hour was much more than fine, but as a whole piece of work, I thought it was slightly better than fine. So that's the equivalent of a three and a half or four star. Uh, I liked it, and... I am glad that they decided to do a sequel to this because there's a certain actor out there who refused to do sequels for a long time and was sort of forced to do the the only sequel he's ever done, so we'll never get a Happy Gilmore or a Billy Madison sequel, but someone is not doing Virgo at the box office, so he sort of had to do Grown Ups 2. And that trailer for that movie with Drew Barrymore looks awful. Terrible. Don't try to defend that trailer. <laughs> that movie looks off. Other than... Terry Crews
1: cracked me up in it. I will Terry <laughs> Crews and
0: the mother from the Goldbergs is in it. Yeah. But when I said, like, when the first scene with Terry Crews and he's, like, dancing and yeah. he has that wig off of the air, there, yeah. I was like, oh, Terry Crews. <laughs> I will not see that movie for them. But it's good to see Terry Crews and the mom from the from the Goldbergs who was also on Radio 911. Yeah, love her. That was the best part. But, uh, I mean, you know how this is going like, to... The whole trailer just gave the whole movie away. Pretty much. They, don't, they go on a first date. They don't get along. They swap credit cards, so they have to meet up. And they, uh, through a hilarious set of circumstances, both their families end up in Africa. Hilarity ensues. And at the, end they,
1: up by the end, they
0: fall in love and have a big African wedding at the end.
1: I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was not sold on the trailer, and that does kind of bum me out because when I heard... Adam Sandler and Drew and Drew Barrymore were making another movie together. I was really stoked. I, I, Wedding Singer is one of my favorite Adam Sandler films of all time, and that's really in part to the chemistry between him and Drew. Because I agree, awesome. and I'll say this:
0: they should have made a sequel to The Wedding Singer instead of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: true you know and then they did Fifty First dates and i loved Fifty First dates as well so they've really got a good success record for me and and they and i think they have great on-screen chemistry so when i heard they were doing another movie together i was really really stoked you know and then when the trailer came out the other day i was i was really happy about it the trailer is on the facebook page if you want to check it out the movie's called blended and um yeah, I mean, I didn't hate the trailer. I won't say it's the biggest piece of shit like I know Corey and you do. But, you know, but I am more of an Adam Sandler fan than you guys. So, um, but at the same token, I wasn't like, oh, that looks so good. You know, like I kind of, it had its moments for me.
0: You're going to see this movie,
1: though. I will see the movie, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope that there's a lot more to it that they're not showing us in the trailer. And
0: Yep, yeah, it's going to be, let me tell you, that was probably the best stuff. That was probably the best stuff in the trailer and it's not uh it's worse from there. Uh, a trailer I did like was the trailer that we got before Anchorman for 22 Jump Street. Yes. Um and it's funny because they actually do address the uh, address difference <laughs> with um The guy from uh, Parks and Rec is like, oh, the Koreans already bought back 21 Jump Street. So we rented out 22 Jump Street.
1: Yeah, you're moving to the church across the street. Yeah. 22 (laughs) Jump Street.
0: So I thought that looked good. We also get a little appearance of De Franco and Rob Riggle from yes. uh making their <laughs> reappearance in the first movie and Rob the whole scene with Rob Riggle <laughs> explaining what happened and I, I have a, they made it a vagina. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's okay, I got a vagina now. Uh
0: I'm all that fits.
1: stuff was <laughs> No you're <laughs> not. Yes I am
0: <laughs> Yeah. That, that was really, really good. So uh I that's a movie I will I will definitely see. I'm trying to think what other trailers were in the Honey Do you remember? There was a lot of them. I'm not, well, I'm not seeing that Kevin Hart ice oh, cube. looks movie. so good.
1: <laughs> no. I think no. that looks awesome. Don't say that,
0: don't say that in public. Ride
1: along. Yeah, that looks great.
0: What else, honey? I'm trying to think. Oh, the Peabody and Sherman movie. Uh, I, I liked them, like, in the original cartoon, but I'm not going to see that movie. What else, honey? I felt like there was a lot of trailers. What else? Oh, well, you saw you saw Saving Mr. Banks today, so you're confused about Love what trailer was that. where. She liked it. She liked it a lot, actually. It's like, actually a lot more serious than you think from the trailer. There's a whole plot line, yeah. and uh, Colin Farrell is in it. Yeah. And there's a whole subplot that's very serious. That it, uh, It's
1: funny about Colin Farrell in that movie, because from what I hear, he's in the movie... Ten times more than Tom Hanks is, and he's not in any of the trailers or TV commercials.
0: Yeah, well, you know how you know what happens.
1: But they're saying this is like his best performance to date.
0: Yeah, I've heard I've heard that from a couple of people. One of the guys who does local radio here saw it on a on a preview. By the way, I, I would I would have liked to have seen Grudge Match on a preview. Oh yeah, I will be seeing Grudge Match. I already have a date with one of my buddies since we're both enormous Rocky fans that we have to we sort of have to see it. In fact, if I could get it at a Christmas dinner and go out and see it. <laughs> would think about it, but I, uh, I'm trying to think of what other trailers, I felt like there was like eight or nine trailers, Damn, that would be, there were several,
1: usually there's not more than six though. Six.
0: Uh, I felt like there was a lot, I thought that was more than normal, more than usual for whatever, there were these punky teenagers there, oh I feel so old now, dealing with these kids, I know Corey's going to say, oh you're so old, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but I just, I don't have patience for teenagers anymore, especially not in the mall. I just, I don't have patience. I'm going to have to get some if I'm going to be a father. Because I don't at the moment. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll, I'll ponder over um, all this. I did see, not during Anchorman, but I did see a couple of trailers. I saw the trailer for that new Christopher Nolan movie. Horrible. Uh, that well it didn't it didn't tell you anything
1: no it was a pathetic teaser <laughs> like there's there's a different calm, of, down, like, it's calm a teaser down trailer and then a non-teaser trailer <laughs> and like that didn't do anything well, that
0: movie with johnny depp did the same thing basically John... like, it, sort of him talking about what's going on but you know it, if it's chris nolan
1: yeah i mean no no doubt it's gonna
0: i'm be... sorry that they didn't lay it all out like man of steel did when no. you see Superman flying up in the air and everything. you got to uh, give it something. That movie, I'm, you know, sorry that you, teasers, I'm sorry you gotta, that your yeah. lack of imagination can't help you and you need everything laid out for you in a Michael Bay, Adam Sandler-esque manner. I, need but, uh,
1: I just need to see... Give me an idea of what the movie's going to be. That teaser... What's game? a 30-second teaser? It was a minute.
0: It's the 60-second teaser. What's the difference? Like, there's a difference if it's 30 or 60 seconds. What do you expect from a Chris Nolan movie? I don't know. It already sounds weird, and he's not putting anything out there about it.
1: Well, I mean, it's still your way, away, so... Exactly!
0: The Johnny Depp was more interesting. I've seen some still shots from that Johnny Depp movie.
1: Transcendence?
0: Uh, where he's sort of like this preeminent scientist that's working on artificial intelligence, and there's this group that's trying to stop him. Morgan Freeman is in it. So... That seems weird. Also, it seems weird to me that we see Johnny Depp in a movie and he's not wearing makeup or facial hair or wigs
1: or... Well, he is once he becomes the artificial intelligence. Hey,
0: hey, hey. <laughs> hey but uh, at least for this part of the movie, right. you actually... Right, seems like
1: listen. the most normal we've seen him in many yeah. years.
0: Many years, like, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Willy Wonka, fucking Lone Ranger. Awful. Um the fucking movie they're making the sequel to. Alice in Wonderland, he's always not looking like himself. I guess the... I, actually, actually the, the the latest thing we saw where he looked relatively normal was fucking his cameo in 21 Jump Street.
2: Yeah.
0: Other than that, he's been a clown. Agreed. <sighs> also in the world of movies, uh, my father's been doing research about the Wolf of Wall Street guy. So it's based on a true story. And basically my father's research is basically that the guy is a con man and he sort of is embellishing a lot of this when he wrote his book and he's a he's a motivational speaker now or he does he does public speaking now uh, and he sort of like puffed himself up and made himself bigger than he was but that's the same thing they said about that guy who was the uh, he was the person that m uh, kick me if you can was based on that guy wrote a book, and some people said that he sort of exaggerated how clever he was. But that's okay. When I write my book, I'm going to exaggerate.
1: Yeah. You know what I found out, too, about that? Because I actually didn't know it was a true story either until about a week and a half ago. And then I found out, like, did you ever see the movie? It came out. Oh, my God, when the fuck did it come out? Like, early 2000s. It was called Boiler Room.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Boiler Room is is basically a, a spin off of that same story. Like, that was the original story of that. Like, they I used can... that guy's story as the basis for Boiler Room.
0: Isn't um the guy who's in Dad's, wasn't he in that?
1: Yeah, Rubisi's in it. Yeah, yeah Came
0: find Rubisi. Yeah, weird. there's a
1: lot of people in that one. Yeah, I remember the movie.
0: I remember that movie a lot because I, when I first came to Washington, my first temp job was in, a, was in a setup similar to that. It wasn't a boiler room like stock boiler room, but it was this enormous office that had computers and desks and every, everywhere, and it looked very shady, but it was completely legal. But yeah, I always think back to that movie. I could see that. I could see a resemblance.
1: Yeah.
0: But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, what is the truth?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, look at reality television. Speaking of reality televisions, uh, the 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 patriarch of Duck Dynasty doesn't seem to like the gay people, and he <laughs> next said something
1: rednecky. I know <laughs> what are the odds? God forbid. Uh,
0: the funny part is that you had all these people coming out and were upset about A and E suspending him, and then it's sort of funny because both sides are guilty of this. Whenever someone says something and gets criticized whatever side is sort of their side will come out and say, oh, well, what about freedom of speech and X, Y, and Z? But we're all hypocritical in this. You know, you can say whatever you want to say as long as I agree with it. But when I don't, then fuck you. But, we're you know, both sides are like that. Whether you're conservative or liberal or however, we're all hypocritical in this way. Uh, I'm not going to talk about what he said. And if you want to find out, it's, it's everywhere. You can't miss it. Uh, But I'll say that the freedom of speech is the ability to be protected from the government putting you in jail for speaking your mind. It doesn't protect you from an employer or a spouse or a friend being upset with you or taking action against you. It's only protecting you from the government. When you say something or when you do something, there's going to be consequences. Uh, And this is how it is played out. Also, the Bible has a lot of things in it. If you read the Bible, there's a v- lot of unique language in it and uh, different things. So I, uh, I think if you're reading the Bible super literally, you might have some problems. Because the Bible says you're not supposed to wear two kinds of cloth. And you, know, you can beat your slave and all these other things. But freedom of speech has nothing to do with getting suspended by your job for something that you said. Freedom of speech has to do with the fact that you don't go to jail for saying something like that That, that rock band in Russia, the girls, ended up going to jail because of stuff that they said. You can't do that in America. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't watch Duck Dynasty. I don't care about Duck Dynasty. I'm not trying to lure a Duck uh, into any kind of situation where they think I want to fuck them and I'm going to shoot them. I just don't care. But it was a big story.
1: Yes, it was. Well, let's get to a bigger story than that as far as movies go and casting news, because this one kind of came out of the blue, even though it was was rumored a couple months ago, um, but really didn't see it going anywhere. And then Marvel made it official a couple days ago. Paul Rudd is your Ant-Man. And uh, so congratulations to Paul Rudd, who's been selected to play Ant-Man in the new movie directed by Edgar Wright that's going to open up in July of 2015. Um, It's going to come out, it's going to actually launch Phase 3, which will kick off right after Avengers 2 in 2015. Um, So this is a very interesting casting, because I never would have saw Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, but now that he's been cast as it, I'm really stoked about it, because, you know, he's kind of a... Goofy scientist type dude. Um somebody that I think that Paul Rudd would really bring a nice aspect to. You know, so I'm I'm really interested to see his take on it. And I think it's gonna be something really, really good. And with Edgar Wright um with Edgar Wright directing it, he's always got a comedic undertone to his films. And who better than Paul Rudd to really bring to that? I mean, if you just we just talked about Anchorman, he was awesome in Anchorman too. Um so I'm really stoked on this. I think that's really good casting news. Um, Nick, what do you think about Paul Rudd getting cast as Ant Man?
0: Uh, I like Paul Rudd. I don't know a lot about the character of Ant Man, other than the Avengers sucked because they didn't get in- included, Ant Man or Wasp. But it's fine, as far as I know. I, uh, you know, I'm gonna, see, I like Paul Rudd, and I'm gonna see this movie. So I really like that little teaser trailer, but there was no, there was no, you didn't see anybody's face in that. But I'm gonna see the movie, and I like Paul Rudd. I mean, is this is this weird? Is this gonna be totally different than Ant Man is laid out in the comic
1: books? No, I don't think so. I think they, oh, well, I mean, they might tone him back because I, I'm not really big up on Ant Man either. But like from what I hear, a lot that people don't like about his character is that he's that, he, is that he's kind of a dick. Like, he's, he's kind of just a straight-up dick in a lot of the versions of the comics. And they were kind of like, how's that going to play into this kind of cinematic universe? So uh, I don't know if they're going to play him up like that. <laughs> they probably tone him back a little bit. Um, but, you know, I'm very interested to see what Paul Rudd's going to bring to a character like this. I mean, especially, like, the physical, you know, part of it. I think it's going to be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's if you told me Paul Rudd was going to star in a superhero movie...
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: It's sort of a, really? Yeah. But.
1: It's odd, but I like it.
0: <laughs> okay. It's I will like, take your word for it. You know better than I do uh, about this stuff. Now, I, who's playing Wasp? That's the most important thing.
1: Gotta have Wasp in it. I really do hope that they announce her. Because, I mean, they go hand in hand. So, that's his wife. I mean, they gotta, they gotta get into this. Um, so, I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping now, too, that since they have Paul Rudd locked in, that this might mean that he might be in Avengers too. You know, because Avengers 2 hasn't started filming yet, and that's going to be filming right before Ant-Man, so it's kind of like, you know, I f- I know Joss Whedon already said, like, oh, I don't have plans for the character, because remember, I don't know if you remember, Nick, but, like, in, you know, with Avengers 2, how they're doing the Ultron thing with James Bader, like, in the comics, it's Ant-Man's character that created Ultron in the comics. And um, Joss Whedon said we're not doing that origin story. Like it won't—he won't be created by Hank Pym, who is Ant-Man. And he said we're, we got our own thing. So it kind of led to the speculation that Tony Stark's going to be involved with the creation and everything. Um, but I feel, even though he said that, and maybe he won't be solely responsible for Ultron. But if they have Paul Rudd already locked in, I would—I would think that maybe even just as a cameo, he doesn't have to be Ant-Man yet. He could just be Doctor Hank Pym, you know, and just have like at least a scene where he kind of maybe helps Tony with something, or helps with the creation or something. I'm hoping that they kind of leak it into it, and then tie it in. I think it'd be smart for them, because not many people know what the fuck Ant-Man is, and if you put his character into Avengers, it's gonna create I think more buzz for the Ant-Man movie that comes out like two months after it.
0: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, I agree with you. Even if it's just a small, tiny role, and even if Tony Stark is mostly involved, but Paul Rudd is, is involved to a degree, and you just put him in there. I think that makes sense to try to tie everything together, especially if the movies are being released months apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and maybe that's why they're thinking, too, that it's not going to work, because they'll probably be filming both movies at the same time, but they pretty much did that with the first Captain America film. I mean, he pretty much finished that and bled right into Avengers, so... um, I hope that they can make it work. Like I said, he doesn't need to be Ant-Man in the film. I don't need to see Ant-Man in the actual Avengers fighting. You know, let's save that for the Ant-Man movie. But I think that his character should at least be representative in some sort of little cameo or something in the film. That's fine. So, yeah, so that's awesome news there. Um, in some not kind of awesome news, sticking with the Marvel stuff, that's kind of bummed me out. Um, it was announced Friday that in X-Men Days of Future Past, which comes out in May, um, the cool part about this movie was how they took the original cast from the first three X Men films, and then they took the cast from the first class film, and they kind of merged, you know, both, you know, classes together since they're doing this time travel element and everything. And one person I was really stoked to see was Anna Paquin as Rogue. Um, yeah, you know, I love Anna Paquin, especially if you've seen her on True Blood. Ooh, baby! I don't like True Blood, but I love Anna Paquin naked on True Blood. And um, you know, she, I, I feel her character of Rogue has never been really been represented super well in the X-Men films. She's always been kind of just played around with, just not in a good way. And just like how they kind of dissed out Cyclops and everything. So I was really stoked that they were bringing her back and she was going to be in this movie. And then Brian Singer announced on Friday that during the editing process and looking at the final cut of the film, and this goes with what you like, Nick, (laughs) they're looking at editing and trimming and making sure they have the best, tightest movie, they realized that there was a scene in the film that just didn't flow with the rest of the film. It just kind of felt odd, and it messed with the tone, and they didn't like it. So they deleted the scene. Unfortunately for Anna Paquin... That was the only scene she had filmed in the movie. So it was like a rescue scene with Xavier and and Magneto. And, um, you know, she was in this sequence, but they took out the whole sequence, therefore eliminating her from the entire film. So Anna Paquin will not be represented in Days of Future Past now. Uh, Brian Singer says it should be on the Blu-ray as a deleted scene, and you'll be able to see the scene still. Um, But they decided that it just did not fit the tone of the film, and they couldn't use that scene. And they were sad to cut her out. Uh, They're still thinking there might be a possibility to use her in that Apocalypse film in 2016. Uh, But for right now... No Rogue, no Anna Paquin, and Days of Future Past. So I'm pretty bummed about that, because I love that they were mixing the two groups together. And, you know, she was somebody that I really wanted to see what happened to her since the last movie. Because, for those of you who don't remember, in X-Men 3, she took the cure to get rid of her powers. And, you know, we also know that that cure did not last because Magneto got the cure also, and he got his powers back. So, um, you know, I was just curious to see what kind of happened with her character. And it is unfortunate that they had only used her in one scene, too, which is kind of whack at the same time, too. But that's what happens, I guess, when you have, like, 15 people to fit into a film. Um, But, yeah, so it's pretty sad. I was a little bummed out to hear that news. So that kind of sucks. So, Nick, any thoughts on Anna Paquin getting cut?
0: Well, I'm glad that you mentioned what would, might happen for um, the Apocalypse movie, because that was going to be my first question, is, what well, can they do something there? Uh, I like Anna Paquin a lot. I, I'm like you. I'm not a fan of True Blood, but I like her. But more, I like the redhead. I like the redhead in, that, in True Blood a lot. But I, I think it's unfortunate because it was really cool to think of all these people together, and and they sort of... It's difficult in something like X-Men, because you have so many characters, and you have so much going on. That, you know, not everyone can be Wolverine and make 15 movies. <laughs> it, is, it is a shame, though, they, they couldn't find it. However, I will, I will applaud Brian Singer for editing a fucking movie and just not saying, oh, no, we're going to have these scenes. We don't care if it doesn't work with the rest of the movie. We're just going to throw it in there because that's what we do. So I applaud him for having the balls to do what he thought was best for the movie because if we all feel this way about Anchorman, not to beat a dead horse but I I know our our friend Josh who you can follow at Amplified to Rock who I'm going to be seeing in a few days he said the same movie and I think he disliked it slightly more than I did, I think you liked it more than me and I liked it more than him, he really didn't like the length of time either I think even more than I did so if we know this and professionals in the film industry should know this but so i give a lot of props to brian singer for having the balls to do what is the right thing for his movie as a whole and not just throwing it in there and saying fuck it so it's too bad, but I give kudos to him. That That's not going to be one of my grievances tonight when we, uh, at the end when we do our airing of the grievances. Do you have any grievances to share, by the way? Uh, I don't know if I have
1: any grievances. I might just, you let, might just... let you run with that one. Okay.
0: I, I, think as, I think as I throw some out there, you may have right, some things to say. I might have to, to say. Back on you. But... Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to have some of the same uh, grievances or something may, may make something click in your head. <laughs>
1: Alright, well, sorry for Anna Paquin, I am a little bummed. Uh, and Other Marvel news, now this is kind of no shocker here, but, you know, nothing is truly, truly real until it's confirmed, and Marvel just confirmed for the first time this weekend uh, that Vin Diesel is voicing Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. So just some confirmation there for you. It's always been speculated. Vin Diesel has said himself many times, I'm doing this. But Marvel has been very hush about it. And they're like, oh, we can't confirm it. We can't deny it. And they've been kind of playing coy about it. Well, they finally admitted it. And there's a picture actually on the Facebook page of Vin Diesel posing with the bust of Garut that they actually used during filming. So they could, you know, kind of use as a prop before they animated him in. So... So, very cool there, Vin Diesel voicing Root in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Last night was SNL, hosted by Jimmy Fallon, along with Justin Timberlake. And we knew it was going to be a great combo. Uh, The episode was hilarious. Now, SNL's very hit and miss, and most of the time it's more miss than hit. And last night, I thought, was really solid, almost every single skit. So, great combination. I'm glad they actually used uh, JT in a lot of the skits with Fallon.
0: Well, that's something I didn't understand was... JT has hosted on his own before. Uh Why didn't they just have them, like, sort of co-host, and then JT could have done his two songs? Because that's basically what it was. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't understand Of course, they're, like, BFFs. Exactly. So, I mean, it was, like, uh, you know, Timberlake might not have felt comfortable doing that with someone else, but with Fallon, he's going to be fine. Oh, they I'm do, sure that yeah. that was
1: a long time of planning to be like, let's yeah. get you guys both on the same weekend <laughs> and do this together. Yeah, you know? I mean, and they
0: do have a lot of stuff going on. You know, Jimmy Fallon's going to take over the Tonight Show. Timberlake has that extended uh, album out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, four, yeah, Also, uh, not to veer away from this, but this, uh, my wife asked me last night, and maybe you have heard anything, because I just think she's been home uh, working her ass. Uh, where is uh, Jessica Biel? Is she... Uh, <laughs> just hanging out and pretty much <laughs> you you know, i mean you know, she's she hit
1: some movies but she's been making more like straight to video type
0: movies. yeah that's what i that was that's what i was telling her i was like you know she'll make these little move, move she'll make these little roles in these little movies well she, after she did chuck and larry you know after she reached the pinnacle of doing a movie with adam sandler she and kevin got james to where, left to go after where she- do you go from there and she had that little role in the a-team
1: well she did total recall last summer
0: Oh, I don't um, even remember that.
1: Farrow and Kate Beckinsale.
0: Yeah, I didn't know she was in that, but yeah. you know, good for her. I was, I, I always liked her though.
1: Oh, she's great. I love I, Jessica yeah. Biel. Yeah, but yeah, she's been doing. She's on. Uh, I forget what the hell the name of the last movie she did, but it just came out on video a couple months ago. But it was like a straight to video one. It's actually on Netflix right now too.
0: Was it? Uh, was it the one with Stone Cold and Dolph Lundgren?
1: No, <laughs> 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 she, she hasn't sunk that low yet. <laughs> Oh. Um, but back to SNL, uh, it was a great combo, it was a great episode, and it actually propelled SNL to its highest rating in over two years. I believe it. So, big, big success.
0: And it was very good, it was, uh, I agree with you, it's been more missed than hit, the writing is just not very strong, and even when they've had a, a host I was really looking forward to, like Justin Timberlake, or... When Jennifer for Lawrence was on you know someone like that or John Goodman last week wasn 't bad. I actually thought there was a lot to like about the last episode of John Goodman, but most weeks it 's more missed than hit in um, fact, that is part of my grievances uh-huh. uh, actually since I was thinking about this today so i I did think last was last night was good. I thought the the my favorite my personal favorite was the family feud skit because yeah, you had it was great. you had j t doing <laughs> Fallon to Fallon, and Fallon giggles at anything. Yeah, so, Fallon's you,
1: great when he cracks up.
0: Yeah, you knew he was a goner, and then like by the end, he so collapsed good. on the floor. So good. Yeah, And then having uh, all the old uh, old uh, musicians there. It was like old recording artist night in, in New York. You had Madonna, <laughs> you had Paul McCartney, Barry Gibb was tremendous to, to come out. You knew they wouldn't do that because they had Timberlake and Fallon there. So it was it was a it was above average. I was disappointed though that they didn't do the two porn stars doing the champagne. Oh yeah. Cause that would have been perfect for the Christmas episode. <laughs> Could've made it so many jokes. I feel like they were running late though because yeah. they ended with Timberlake's music set and they usually don't have that as the last thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. My D because I, I watched the first half last night, and then D V R the rest, and we watched the rest of the D V R this morning. And yeah, it like it was I was towards the end of the recording, and it was Justin singing, and I was like, "That's odd," because yeah, they usually yeah. do like a couple more skits after that.
0: Yeah, at least one. Like I really did think they were going to end it with the the two porn stars doing the champagne commercial, because that's usually when they have it on the uh, when they have it on the air. It's usually like the last skit. Yeah. Because they can say ridiculous stuff because it's like 1250 in the, <laughs> on the East Coast. So I was expecting them to do some kind of, for your holiday party, get Moe Nets.
1: <laughs> I like that they did, uh, because Fallon did this last year when he was on. Because I think last year when he was on, he did it before Christmas also. And when they do like the holiday CD and they do all the impressions... Like at the end it was like that's what I call Christmas volume 8 or whatever.
0: Yeah, no that was good.
1: And like you know he was like they were doing all the impressions of Atlantis Morissette and Guns and Roses and everything like he, cuz he did that last time and it cracked me up and the, the do it on my twin bed song video had me dying. Yeah. <laughs> do it. This on might my twin have been
0: bed. the thing <laughs> where they uh they had they had a lot of good material they couldn't get it all because you know what I really wanted them to do was to do a Jimmy Fallon Boston Oh okay. You are, you are. Because, oh, you, you know, Kate. even if they couldn't have found Rachel Drax, Kate McKinnon could have done that. By the way, Kate McKinnon is my favorite. Uh, she may be my favorite over, not just my favorite female a, a person on the show, but she may be my favorite of anybody. I really like Kate McKinnon. Which one is that? She's the one that sort of looks like Scarlett Johansson. She does, She does like, so many of the female impressions Like last night, she did. She did Jane Lynch and Billie Jean King. That chick. She 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 looks like
1: Scarlett Johansson.
0: Yeah, I mean not not a lot like Scarlett Johansson but
1: <laughs> I, don't, looks, I don't think she, she's very
0: attractive at all. She looks like uh well she, she's not going to be as attractive as Scarlett Johansson but <laughs> I feel like of all the people on that cast she looks the most like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> when I see her I think she looks like a a less attractive Scarlett Johansson, which isn't that bad. I mean let's be honest here. If I say you look like Scarlett Johansson that's a, that's a compliment. Yeah. No, I I like her a lot.
1: She's funny, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. always they put her they give her a lot of stuff to do.
1: Her Jane Lynch and, was great.
0: Yeah. The funny part was her Jane Lynch and her Billie Jean King were very similar. So she does uh, a lesbian impression. She does the same. She does Ellen too, doesn't she? Uh, And she And she does Angela Merkel. And she does the crazy woman in the bar skit that they did with John Goodman. They did it with... Maybe Vince Vaughn or someone. One time I don't remember who, but they, they've done that skit a couple of times. Where it's like towards the end of the night, it's like the last call in the bar, and there's these like two crazy yeah. people talking. So she does a lot of stuff. I like her, and I like Bobby Bobby Moynihan. By the way, I didn't know uh, Andrea Bocelli was so fat. they had Bobby Moynihan uh, doing the impression <laughs> of Andrea Bocelli, and I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> uh, and Keenan does all those people.
1: Keenan's awesome, man. He's I like Keenan,
0: but, but Keenan like it's, everybody's the same. <laughs> Like his, his impression of Steve, Har- Steve Harvey is <laughs> so close to his impression of Al Sharpton, so close to his impression of Shaquille O'Neal. At least Jay Farrow tries. Yeah, his, by, the, uh, by the way, his
1: Kanye was awesome. The Kanye the the opening the yeah.
0: like, Kimmy sketch. The Kanye sketch is very good. I like the Kimmy sketch. His impression of DMX. Oh was my God,
1: there. that was great! Rudolph the Red right Reindeer. What? <laughs> good. Like it really
0: sounded like DMX. Yeah, the Kimmy thing is funny because they 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 really capture Kim like I'm on the cover
1: of a book.
0: <laughs> Cuz I hate Kim Kardashian. I'm, you know, my record about this is uh, very strong.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and I like the fact they have Bobby Moynihan in in the uh, band, he playing like the Fat Kardashian. I think that's fun. Rob.
1: Thanks, ladies <laughs> and Rob. <laughs>
0: but they really there wasn't a bad skit last night. I just wish there were a couple, but I mean with those two they, they should be able to come on and do something every year together.
1: And when they kicked off with the, you know, bring it on down to Rappinville, like, every time JT's on he does that skit, it cracks me up. That is one of my favorite things yeah. that he's ever done.
0: We put it on, you could see the woman outside doing it, and you yeah. knew that that's where it was going. <laughs> I like when he does the soup kitchen. That's my favorite like soup, there it is. Yeah,
1: soup there. <laughs> there it is. Just drop it like it's hot. Just drop it like it's hot.
0: <laughs> That's my favorite of all of those. Yeah. But everyone has been really good. He is he is very talented and I wish his movies did better. Like the movies he stars in, like he was really good in the Facebook movie. But like, you know, in time didn't do too bad, but it wasn't a super mega success. Uh-huh. Um, so You'd I really think.
1: like, he seems like one of those people that like, people, you know, like his fans are super devoted and yeah. will go out and support him, but yeah, they don't really, when it comes to movies for some reason,
0: not in the Forbes top 10 of the most, uh, biggest box office draws of 2013.
1: Uh, well, speaking of top box office draws, I will actually bounce right to that because that? we got a top six right here of the, uh. Top box office draws of 2013 based on the total grosses of their movies. Coming in number six, which I was a little shocked by, but it was actually Paul Walker coming in at number six. Number five was Sandra Bullock of course for the heat and gravity um, number four Vin Diesel uh, pulling together from Fast Six and Riddick uh, number three Steve Carell uh, who the majority of this was Despicable Me 2 yeah that's so, when,
0: when we saw this when we saw this list we were like Steve Carell I said Steve Carell, and you were like yeah I don't know and then I was like well was he in an animated movie and, and you were like oh Despicable Me 2 of course
1: yeah one of the biggest movies of the year yeah
0: you he, he didn't get this for Burt Wonderstone
1: yeah well he had Burt Wonderstone he I also had a little independent movie over the summer called The Way, Way Back, and then, of course, Despicable Me too. So Steve Carell lands number three. Number two, based off of just one movie, Robert Downey Jr., who just off Iron Man 3's alone uh, came in at number two because that's how big that thing was. And your number one, and I'm so happy to announce this, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, The Rock was the biggest box office draw of 2013 as he had Snitch. GI Joe retaliation pain and gain and fast and furious six all in the top 10 for many many weeks and he brought in over two billion dollars at the box office so big congratulations to just this dude who was just a wrestler in the WWE and when he went to Hollywood everyone laughed and said he'll do nothing and he'll be back in a couple months and this dude was the biggest box office draw of 2013 so happy for the rock
0: yeah it is funny to think about even when they do stuff when like he does the rock concert and he's on there and he's in the ring and everything and wrestling fans are so greedy like we don't want people to succeed. I'm not talking about us cuz we both really like the rock and we really we want success for him and success for Steve Austin and everybody else except for Hunter. But so many wrestling fans are so greedy and selfish that they don't like The Rock. They have this jealousy or this resentment towards The Rock. The ki- the guy went from being Rocky Maivia and being close to getting fired by the company, by, by the WWE, to becoming The Rock and turning that character into not only an enormous wrestling star but transcending wrestling and becoming a mainstream celebrity and now becoming the biggest box office star in the world it is an incredible story it really is Mm -hmm. it really is a story that a movie should be made of it is the american dream come to life you know growing up poor, having to travel with his father, and the stories that you've heard about uh, problems, getting kicked out of places, not being able to pay the rent, and the the life of a a wrestler's son, and going to Miami and playing football, and getting hurt, and going to Canada and playing football, and then uh, eventually going and and working for WWE, and where he's gone from there, it is an incredible story, it is an amazing story, and uh, nothing but great success to him as long as Southland Tales 2 gets greenlit. And for those people, those wrestling fans who said that he came back to wrestling because he needed the money, mm,
1: <laughs>
0: that was—I mean, that was a Check dumb yourself. comment. Yeah, that was a dumb comment at the time. Now it's a really dumb comment.
1: <laughs> so dumb.
0: It was so ridiculous. I mean, he was just in the—you the, know—the last two Fast and Furious movies and the, the recent GI Joe movie. Uh, you know, just just based on those movies alone, and the fact that he is so work he's worked so hard that he's got that seal team 666 movie that other movie about the guys in the boat Mm -hmm. um the fall guy movie coming up the hercules movie that's already wrapped Mm filming
1: the san andreas movie he's gonna do another journey to the center of the earth fucking sequel he's doing gi joe 3 i mean this shit goes on and on for rocky non-stops he's got an hbo show coming out he's doing another tnt um, uh reality show i mean he doesn't sleep
0: but I will say, you know, he won't be doing Stone Cold's <laughs> podcast. He back
1: it him. looks like he won't be doing WrestleMania 30 either.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I've already, I've already resigned myself to that. He, there's, no, there's just no way.
1: Yeah.
0: Besides, it's okay. It's okay for him to take a year off. There's going to be plenty going on at WrestleMania 30. I mean, we got Batista back.
1: Yeah.
0: Dave Batista of Guardians of the Galaxy, former Marvel pro wrestler. Zone. <laughs> Marvel's own Dave Batista will be returning to WWE, uh, according to several sources. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like since the cat's out of the bag, they should just pull the trigger as soon as possible. Yeah. There's no sense in waiting. No,
1: not anymore.
0: So tomorrow's night's Raw is pre-taped, but maybe the first Raw of the new year?
1: Yeah. Awesome. next the, the
0: next live Raw, he should just come out.
1: Agreed. All right. I
0: don't even like him, and I think that should be happening.
1: <laughs> totally. Yeah, cat's out of the bag, like you said. Uh, So we thought this article was pretty interesting. It came out in the last week. It was 10 movies that you didn't realize were big hits in 2013, uh, based on budget to the amount of money that it brought in. Uh, Some interesting movies popped up on here that I was like, damn, that's true. I didn't realize how good they actually did. Uh, The first one up is We're the Millers, which I, of course, loved. This was an awesome comedy of the summer. But it was made on a $37 million budget, and it brought in 269 million dollars so um pretty massive for were the millers uh we also got that movie 42 uh, based on the true story there um that was made on a 40 million dollar budget and it brought in 95 million dollars so not not overly huge, but uh, still brought in a lot of extra money. Uh, Olympus Has Fallen, another movie that I thought was really excellent last year. Olympus Has Fallen was made on a $70 million budget. It brought in $161 million.
0: And that's on Netflix
1: right now, right? It is on Netflix. Streaming. Okay, yeah. I
0: see it as I'm going to watch something for the tenth time.
1: <laughs> it's awesome. I love no,
0: every. Honestly, I actually watched something new the other day. So you'd be proud of me. I watched. Uh, I watched a documentary I'd never seen before. No Dexter, but I'm working on it. We'll get getting there, there. <laughs> I have a couple a I have a couple of really long flights coming up I could bang Dexter out if you will
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, next up is mama the uh, the horror movie produced by Guillermo del Toro uh, I really liked mama this was a surprise for me this year it was made on a fifteen million dollar budget and it brought in a hundred and forty six million dollars so big there for me. <laughs> this one here was funny when it came out it's called instructions not included this was that movie that was uh, all Spanish languaged and it would like debuted at number 3 like in the box office top 10 and it lasted for many many weeks it was made on a 5 million dollar budget and this movie has brought in almost 86 million dollars in the box office so so crazy next up congratulations to WWE studios as the Holly Berry led film The Call was made on a 13 million dollar budget and it brought in 69 million dollars so, uh, a ginormous hit for WWE Studios. Uh, who who
0: started in that movie? Not Halle Berry.
1: David, David
0: o- Otunga. <laughs> the A-list. I remember tweeting um, that week, I don't remember, he beat Steve Carell that week yeah. in the ratings, and I tweeted that David Otunga was greater than Steve Carell, and he, he retweeted that. <laughs> of course, they didn't take advantage of, of that and do no. anything with him. So. Exactly. Which I don't understand at all. Like He came in and was he had that one little thing where he was talking about the legal stuff with the Big Show and Triple H, but yeah, I mean he—he's he, basically around because he was a reality show star. He's Jennifer Hudson's partner, but they don't capitalize on that. I don't get it.
1: I don't get it either. Next up is the Smurfs two, made on a hundred and five million dollar budget. It brought in three hundred and forty seven million dollars. Stop going to see these damn movies, man. The Smurfs suck.
0: Yeah, what's um, up with that?
1: <laughs> the next up is the Evil Dead remake that came out this year. Evil Dead. All that made, blood. It was made for seventeen million dollars, and sixteen million of it was blood, and uh, it brought in ninety-eight million dollars. So very big uh, profit there. And uh, Jurassic Park 3D, actually, which was uh, converted into 3D for $10 million. And it brought in another $46 million at the box office uh, based on those 3D returns. Uh, the One Direction movie, their documentary, it's called This Is Us. That was made on a $10 million budget. And that actually brought in sixty eight million dollars oh, <laughs> <awful. laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ten movies that you did not realize were very big hits,
0: so you and I disagreed about this, but I think the purge should have been on this list. I don't think people realized how much money that made.
1: yeah, I don't know i just I didn't see it with like with the purge based on the, like these were more like low. Kind of caliber movies that I think people were just shocked to earn a profit.
0: Well, the Smurfs movie, i I was absolutely shocked.
1: Which one? Oh, the Smurfs.
0: Yeah. The Smurfs movie. The first Smurfs movie. When when you told me there was a sequel, I was like, how the fuck did they make a sequel? It's like, oh, they made money.
1: Yeah, it made a lot.
0: Of money. Oh, I weep.
1: Um. So, yeah, I mean, The Purge could have been on that list, no doubt, but um, especially with that low of a budget because that was made, I think, on $3 million.
0: Yeah, it was like $3 million and, and it made like 10 times that amount the first weekend. Yeah,
1: it made like $98 million worldwide, yeah. I think, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: By the way, uh, there was some big casting news for that. Uh, Michael K. Williams, who was on Boardwalk Empire, he was on The Wire, really good actor. He made a couple of appearances on Community. He was really good. I really like him a lot. He has been cast in the movie. And I feel as though they're going to go that way of, like, seeing someone being put on the run or something. That's sort of how he – he has a – he's a very street guy. Like, his character in The Wire was a street guy. His character in Borowak Empire is a street gangster. You know, he's a street guy. I think it could be someone that's sort of poor and gets caught and has to run – in the purge, I think that's the way they're going to go. I don't, I just need to go, man. We
1: need it out in
0: the middle. It has of the to be, a, yeah, it definitely has to be a different setup if it's going to be interesting. You can't have the same story uh, from the same perspective. It has to be a different perspective. And I think with this casting, I feel like that's the way they're going to go. And hopefully, they, they agree with us and realize that if it's going to be another hit, then they have to give us something different. If they give you the same movie, then it's going to be like fucking hang, uh, Hangover 2. <laughs> Which was, like, the exact same fucking movie. Yeah. I have spoken.
1: You have spoken. That's so true, man. They got they got something very big on their hands as far as potential, what they could do with that concept. Like, they need to capitalize on it. Um, Alright, so next piece of news. Ice Age 5 has been announced, and it will hit theaters in summer of 2016. So... There you go for Ice Age fans Uh, We got another couple of new trailers We got Sabotage, the second trailer for Sabotage That's the new Arnold Schwarzenegger film Uh, We also, speaking of Schwarzenegger And Stallone We have the first teaser trailer For The Expendables 3 and this is definitely a teaser trailer. It basically just shows them all lined up, and it flashes everybody's name that's in the film, all 50 of them. And uh just says it's coming soon. So uh, the first teaser for Expendables 3 is on the Facebook page right that now. That gives
0: you more than the teaser trailer for Interstellar did. It did. <laughs> Which was I, was very, I was sort of confused uh, by that, but it's Chris Nolan, so Chris Nolan still hasn't made a bad movie.
1: Yeah. Um, we got another trailer for the movie that Nick doesn't want to see. I'm talking about Ride Along, the new movie with Ice Cube. Oh, I just Kevin
0: I'm not Hart. I'm not digging it. Kevin Hart annoys me. Oh, so. Kevin Hart bothers me. He really does. Like he gets all the Chris Tucker roles now, and Chris Tucker used to annoy the the shit out of me. But he's sort of that same high pitched,
1: oh, whiny. Yeah, you
0: know what I mean? Like he gets the Chris Tucker roles. I used to feel that way. That Ron Livingston roles were now going to Paul Rudd because Ron. <laughs> yeah. I really felt that way. You know, all those, like, sort of quirky white guy things.
1: Yeah, I could see that, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then they were both in Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah. But Ron Livingston sort of hit a wall. Like, that show he was on that got canceled, Defying Gravity. And there's no, no Office-based sequel, So he wasn't he wasn't involved with the Sex and the City stuff. But yeah. he hasn't been doing a whole lot. Well, Paul Rudd is now going to be part of the Marvel Universe.
1: Yeah, big things popping for Paul Rudd. Um, Despicable Me 2 came out on DVD and Blu-ray last week, and it sold a whopping 4.5 million dollars uh, in DVDs and Blu-rays in its first week, uh, which is a record uh, for DVD and Blu-ray sales for like the last like 10 years or something like that. Like they were saying, like how this is like this was a sign of like the glory days of old school DVD sales when people used to buy movies like constantly. And, um, like just saying how this kind of brought life back into the market. Uh, so Despicable Me 2 ginormous on uh DVD and Blu-ray, uh, Fast and Furious 6 also hit and it was right behind Despicable Me 2. It actually sold over 3 million copies. So a lot of people picking that one up and snatching that one up. And I think a lot of it has to do too with how they've been advertising that a portion of the proceeds goes to Paul Walker's foundation and stuff like that. Um, which I do have a little bit of, <laughs> of uh, news on the extended edition of Fast and Furious 6. This kind of pissed me off because I picked it up. And I was burned by the Fast and Furious movies for the second year in a row. Um, just to kind of take you back, Fast 5, when it came out on Blu-ray, also came out in an extended edition. And I was super stoked and I was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. Well, I watched them be and I was like, I didn't see anything different. Come to find out that Fast 5's extended edition is one minute longer in runtime. So I was like, okay, that's stupid and what a waste of, you know, time and marketing and everything for one minute extra. So Fast 6 comes out last week and they do the same thing. The new extended edition. Check it out. So I bring it over to my brother-in-law's house the other night. And we watch it. And about halfway through I say to my other brother-in-law and I said, you know, because we saw it in the theater together and I said, have you noticed anything different with this film? And he's like, no, I haven't. So we looked it up. Fast 6's extended edition, is 53 seconds longer than the theatrical version. 53 seconds. I didn't think it would get any worse than the minute I got in Fast 5, but Fast 6 knocked it down to 53 seconds. It's like two seconds in this scene, three seconds in this scene, seven seconds in this scene. So it's spread out throughout the entire movie, but it's so short that I didn't even notice a single thing. So, just so you know, if you're interested in picking up Fast Six and you're stoked on the extended edition, it's 53 seconds longer.
0: Well, now I'm definitely not going. <laughs> to so I
1: was
0: I was thinking about getting it just to help Paul Walker's foundation, but not no mo. I did get Despicable mean, Me Two. Still too. get it? It's still an awesome No, movie. pass, <laughs> pass. Uh, that's a movie that I was very happy to see in the theater, and I don't, I can't replicate my theater experience. <laughs> I did buy Despicable Me 2 for Dave's sister, which I do every year because they have two kids. They don't get to the movies a lot. They She works a lot being a doctor and everything, so they don't get to the movies a whole hell of a lot. So I, I, every year as their Christmas gift, I get them four or five movies on DVD. I've gotten them. I think because of me, they've seen all the Iron Mans and the Avengers and a lot of those movies. They did see Man of Steel, but because she's such a fan of Henry Cavill, that they, they asked for that as well. Nice.
1: So, uh, Brian Singer has revealed that um, they're writing the X-Men Apocalypse film now and that he's brought his X-Men 2 writers back in to help write this film so that's very exciting a lot of people feel X-Men 2, X-Men United it was called uh, was the best of the bunch a lot of people love X-Men 2 and think it's the best of the bunch so uh, this is really exciting news for a lot of people that those same writers are coming back to work on Apocalypse so very very cool wonderful uh, we got some more trailers. We got How to Train Your Jack, <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon Two, uh, the first official trailer for that. Uh, there's another trailer for The Other Woman, which is a new kind of comedy starring uh, Cameron Diaz and Leslie Leslie Mann. Um, Kate Upton is in this, and she looks fucking beautiful in this trailer.
0: You know, I saw a, f- a, uh, uh, a screen capture yes. of her from the trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the snapshot of the trailer, uh, and that's been-
0: more than enough. I feel, feel like I feel like I don't need to see the trailer now. Well, if you
1: watch the trailer, she's running down a beach and let me say it's a glorious sight.
0: Have you, did you hear about the people that thought she was fat?
1: Yes. The, the, the guy
0: from TMZ <laughs> said she was fat. What a moron. This is why people don't want TMZ to be right about stories because they're such assholes.
1: Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that. Kate Upton is perfect.
0: Yeah, she's just fine. She's a mo- much better than fun. Much better than fine. <laughs>
1: Um, Hugh Jackman is in talks to take on the villain role in that new movie *Pan*, which is like the new updated Dark Knight version of Peter Pan. Uh, so, I think it's kind of interesting that Hugh Jackman is actually up for the villain role. I don't—we haven't really seen him as like a straight-up bad guy, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Brad Pitt is being courted to join Tom Cruise in a new movie called *Go Like Hell*. So, this would be their first uh, team up again since *Interview with a Vampire*. So, um, very interesting there. See if he joins, uh, the concept of this film doesn't sound too hot though. It's kind of like a racing, you know, days of thunder type movie. So, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, this is interesting. I thought that they brought in, um, the writer of Argo to, uh, touch up and rewrite some of the script for the Batman Superman movie. So I'm pretty stoked on that, because uh, obviously Ben Affleck has pulled this dude in, <laughs> since they worked together in Argo, and said, uh, why don't you go ahead and touch this up a little bit? And uh, and I think that'll only help to make this movie that much better, man. Let's bring in the uh, Academy Award winning writer to work on Batman Superman. So very cool.
0: Man of Steel into Darkness.
1: (laughs) Got some more trailers. We got Neighbors. uh, The third trailer for Neighbors, that's that new movie with Seth Rogen and uh, Zac Efron. This movie looks hilarious. I can't wait to see Neighbors. Uh, We got another uh, new version of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer. Uh, We got one called Three Days to Kill, which is a new Kevin Costner film. I know you tweeted about this trailer the other day. (laughs) The, The spy Kevin Costner movie. Um... And we have the first uh, teaser trailer for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So I, I really like this teaser. This was really good, too. I was a big, big fan of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That was a movie that, that summer when it came out, completely grabbed me by surprise. I did not have very high expectations for that film, and it blew me away. And was a five-star film for me. So I am looking very, very forward to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So that I did
0: I did see that trailer, and it was really good. I was really brought into the story of, and I don't know who's speaking. Uh, like Gary the, that's oh, Gary Oldman. Okay, uh, he's you know obviously like the leader of the what's left of humanity, uh, and it was it was very interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. I, it looks very grim, yeah. in a good way.
1: Yeah cuz I think it the I think it it takes place like 10 years after Rise.
0: Yeah, he, he said something like there's 4 years that we fought a virus and the 4 years that we fought each other and blah blah blah. Right. So yeah. yeah, it sounds uh, about right. It's,
1: it's at the very end of Rise, so. Yeah. Um yeah, it looks very cool. I can't wait to see the first full trailer for that. But that was that was a good teaser cuz it ends right there with the close up of Caesar's face and then he raises his hand and all the apes jump in and it just stops and it's like, "Whoa." Very very cool. Um, there's a new series, so now we like to always give you guys like something fun to watch, like the Everything Wrong With and the Honest Trailers and stuff like that. Well, from the people that do the Honest Trailers, they got a new uh, series out called Honest Action. And this is actually really funny because what they do is they take an action film, they specialize on the star of the action film, and then basically they have a doctor watch it and the doctor tells you like every time there's a fight scene or something happens to the hero, they'll be like they'll tell you how they'd be hurt. So they'd be like broken they, they would have broke their shoulder here, they would have snapped their neck here, they would have had third degree burns here. And it's actually really really funny to see how beyond extreme they get in these action films and the subject of the first honest action film is uh, John McClane from the Die Hard film oh god they do I think I don't know if it's Die Hard 1 or Die Hard 2 that they do I forgot already Uh, but it's hilarious because basically by the end of the video they say he would have needed four lives to complete that movie (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a that's a perfect way to kick off that. Yeah. And honestly, they could do all of those movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a new series they're going to do going forward. And I'm really stoked on it because like, they'll just show the fight scene, they'll tell you what would have happened. And then when it gets to a certain point, they'd be like, John McClane is dead and then it's all live too ding, 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 you know and then it continues the movie and then it's all John McClane has died ding, 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 you know and so at the end they're like it would have taken four John McClane's to finish this film and it was so funny like to actually see like what a doctor says, said would have happened in these fight scenes
0: you know it's funny you know that they could do that for the, all the Fast and Furious movies too
1: oh, to be hilarious,
0: I would love it's, to see that that's gotta be on the list I mean those are so preposterous And I think everyone agrees. You know, you can. It is what it is. But those movies are so preposterous sometimes that I can definitely see them wanting to do that. And and plus, it's still out there. I mean, they're still making those movies. Right. Yeah.
1: Totally. Yeah. In the everything wrong with series this week was the return of the king. For all you Lord of the Rings fans, so check out everything wrong with the Return of the King.
0: I'll send that to Dave,
1: the uh, director of that new movie Divergent. He says that he is not going to return for the sequel. Uh, a lot of people were like freaking out and saying like, "Oh man, this is crazy!" Like, it's, but basically, this is exactly what happened with the Hunger Games. Series. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that's what happened with the Hunger Games. They
1: they just got to start making the second one like immediately, and this dude is like, "I just don't have the time to immediately jump into another film." Yeah, it
0: was Big the same film. thing with Gary Ross, and yeah. honestly that ended up being a blessing but I mean, you don't know because if Gary Ross had had that much money you don't know what he would have done but Francis Lawrence, who was the director of the second Hunger Games movie did, did a really good job so it ended up being just fine
1: yeah, so the, oh, there's Titus oh, Titus, there's Titus. <laughs> Titus. Uh, Warner Brothers is bringing the Gilligan's Island to the big screen with Josh
0: Gad. Now this is the guy who was on Broadway in the Book of Mormon. He was on that 1600 Peng show. And he was the guy who I thought was playing uh, the brother on the Goldbergs and ended up being the guy who was in Take Me Home Tonight. And that show that got cancelled on ABC uh, however many episodes it was like 8 episodes and they got cancelled whatever that show was named. Um but this was interesting, because I, I sort of sort of see it, but yeah. uh, I don't know. He's
1: a really good writer, and, and he wrote the script, and the studio was like, cool, let's do it. So I think he's supposed to star in it also, but I, I think, it, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I what, what I'm hoping out of this is that they do it like 21 Jump Street style, and they make it a comedy.
0: Yeah, I think they have to. Yeah. I think you can't just do a straight up. Re- remake. Honestly, when I I remember them talking about this, like when they did Lost, people were joking how Lost was sort of like a more serious version of Gilligan's Island, and people were saying, "Oh, they should do a movie for Gilligan's Island." When they did Twenty One Jump Street and all these other you know movies of TV shows and whatever, and I honestly always thought Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah would be Gil- would be the skipper and Gilligan. I always envisioned that. I really feel like Michael Sarah would be Gilligan. Just, cool. one man, just one man's opinion.
1: Uh, we got a couple more trailers. We got one called Grand Piano with Elijah Wood. Uh, we got one called Welcome to Yesterday. It's a time travel uh, kind of oh, thriller.
0: You know what? That was a trailer that we saw with the with the the kids, and yes. he sees himself at his seventh birthday. Yeah, and that's it. Welcome to Tomorrow. Very weird. Uh, but honestly, I have Doctor Who. I don't need to watch <laughs> any other time travel. You
1: saw that was produced by Michael Bay as well.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, don't <laughs> worry. We noticed. We noticed. Uh,
1: So this is interesting. Some sequels were announced for films that I never thought I'd see a sequel for. Um, Miramax Films has created a new deal with the Weinstein brothers, you know, Bob and uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, So they used to work together, and they did a lot of movies back in the 80s and 90s, and then they kind of had a separation, and and they stopped. Well, they, they reconnected, they got a new deal going, and they're going back to the well for a couple films, and they have announced... That get this, they're going to do a Shakespeare in Love sequel, <laughs> and they're going to do a Rounders two.
0: Yeah, now now this has come up with my group of friends because I play a lot of cards and Rounders is the poker movie, so every poker player has seen Rounders and can quote you from Rounders. Um, and honestly, if they were going to make a poker, if they were going to make a, a sequel to Rounders, they should have made it when the poker boom happened. And now we're six or seven years out of the poker boom. So, I'm very confused, other than if they bring in John Turturro, who's in Rounders, I I think that's really good. Shakespeare in Love, we really need a sequel to Shakespeare (laughs) in Love? No, we don't. Is is anyone pining for this? Is anyone (laughs) calling for this? Is this necessary? Uh, I'm really mad about Shakespeare in Love because it won the Oscar for Best Picture and beat Saving Private Ryan. And I love Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so there's no way that this movie is gonna make me any happier. So I think this is just an, uh, they've made a huge mistake in my opinion
1: very very odd choice of sequels right there
0: very peculiar especially with with uh, with rounders because you know rounders was was the part of the poker boom about it started about 10 years ago the guy who won the world series of poker uh
1: rounders came out in like 96 though yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: that's the thing is like the guy saw rounders and then he won the world series in 03 and like 03 was when the poker boom sort of started and into the you know then it was like four or five years and then there's been all the these controversies in the world of poker, and this is something you're not you're not um, very uh, involved in, but there's been a lot of problems with the government saying that you can't play poker online, and the, the, the Justice Department has shut down websites, and Americans can't do it, and there's been a lot of people cheating online. Now, of course, that's going to happen, and you saw some of that in that movie Runner Runner. Right, I was just going to
1: say Runner Runner. Yeah,
0: runner, uh, so it's, parts of that are very were very true to life. So I don't know I don't know what the need is like I always thought the idea for a rounder sequel would be you could show him in the poker boom uh my my Damon's character and then something could happen to him and he'd have to, it's almost like Rocky like uh, the last Rocky movie like something happens where he has to go back to the, the back to the starting line basically and then he goes back to New York and hilarity ensues I guess don't, I don't know why they're doing this. Uh, and, and you know, it, 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 maybe it's going to be like a sequel in name only where they're just going to have... Oh,
1: they're saying, like, Matt Damon and Edward oh, Norton, okay. they're all returning.
0: Well, Edward Norton has nothing else to do. <laughs> Doesn't Matt Damon have better things to do? Like, anything else? Literally anything else? But, they, I mean, they're poker players. Like, Matt Damon's a poker player. Ben Affleck is... Matt, ben Affleck actually won the Calif- California State Poker title one year. So they're enormous sick degenerates. That's why I like them so much. Um, very weird, uh, you know. Very odd. And Southland Tales still not off the drawing board. I gotta get that. I gotta. I gotta get that guy. I gotta get that director. The guy who, who made uh, Donnie Darko and Southland Tales. I don't think he, anyone's hiring him. I need to talk to him.
1: I'm just seeing Corey's message saying that Vin Diesel just said on Facebook that Fast and Furious Seven will be released on April 10th, 2015 need some uh, confirmation on that one.
0: Well, Corey's word isn't good enough. <laughs> it's not like you where you fall asleep in the middle of something.
1: <laughs> what happened no, here? Was, yeah, in me, I know he launches all his news on Facebook, so very interesting. Um, that's crazy. They locked in a new date already without so when, even knowing When was it
0: supposed to come out?
1: It was supposed to come out in July of 2014, okay. this, this so summer.
0: The big 2015 movie uh, thing.
1: Yeah, it just got bigger. It's,
0: it's continuing. But they're doing and, April. They're not doing right in the summer. Well, the thing is, it's all year because you got stuff at the beginning of the year now, and, and December is going to be big. So it's you're going to spend a lot of money in 2015.
1: Yes, bottom, that's for you, sure. Line,
0: you're going to be a lot of popcorns going to be eaten in
1: 2015. <laughs> So last week, um, Beyonce, I don't know if you heard, she just launched... uh, She dropped a whole new album on iTunes, like, completely out of nowhere.
0: I saw (laughs) a lot of tweets about it. That's not my bag, but I did see a lot of tweets about it. she,
1: She didn't do anything. There was no advertisements. No one knew she had a new album coming. It just, like, midnight hit on, like, Monday, and all of a sudden there was a whole new album. And not only a new album, but she had made a music video for every single song on the album. So it's a really big deal. I don't
0: know how you do that in a vacuum with no one finding out i know you have to have some really strong um non-disclosure agreements like if you tell anyone in the press we're going to sue you and throw you in jail like you could have some really strong non-disclosures uh like jay-z's got to put a gun in your mouth and say if you say anything about this i'm coming for you
1: yeah yeah very very interesting but um speaking of the itunes release Her album has become the fastest-selling album in iTunes history. So that is ginormous. So Beyonce, with absolutely no pre-press, says uh, the fastest-selling album in iTunes history.
0: How did it beat the John Cena jam, You you Can't See Me? (laughs) You Can't See Me. Or basic economics. <laughs> second, now it's the second biggest. I do have an
1: autographed version of his album. You can't see me, so Dude,
0: don't admit that.
1: In <laughs> hey, it's autographed. That's why.
0: Don't tell that. Don't tell that to any of your kids' uh, <laughs> teachers or anything.
1: Um, Disney broke its all-time domestic box office record uh, as they brought in over 1.547 million dollars um, in 2013. So billion, billion. Was it Billion? Oh, yeah, a Billion, sorry. Be, <laughs> they yeah, brought in bro. <laughs> 1.4 million, it'd be like... I'm all Thor 2 did that this weekend. <laughs> what are you talking
0: about? Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so congratulations to Disney. They already had a ginormous year. Thor really put them over the edge, and then when Frozen came out and everything, it's just, they killed it.
0: Yeah, Frozen's gotten some really good reviews, but they needed to make all that John Carter money back. <laughs> so
1: they lose that much. lot You know, <laughs> when we get to my earring of the grievances, <laughs> I, I discuss that, so... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has uh signed up to team up with David Goyer for this new movie called Sandman. So Yeah, yeah that's
0: based on the uh the Neil uh, Gaiman books and the graphic novels. Uh-huh. Neil no, Gaiman is a pretty well known author. He's written two Doctor Who stories and this is a pretty popular um yeah graphic novel, comic book set, so that sounds really cool. Good for Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Yeah, that's big. I think he might even direct it also. So Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's what I saw in a tweet. Like, I saw someone retweet that. Uh, speaking of, you know, it's funny, you mentioned Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The person who I always think of with him, not anymore, but at one point in time I would put the two of them sort of together, was Shia LaBeouf. Okay. And did you follow this Shia LaBeouf story?
1: Uh, the one he had to apologize for?
0: yeah but he basically ripped off someone's uh st- he ripped off someone's book or someone's story and did his own movie and oh yeah mm-hmm. and he, he came out and then he's apologized and he's basically he's a, here's the funny part he apologized and his tweets were basically a rip off of something on yahoo about um intellectual property and stuff like that like he ba- he he ripped off his apology about ripping something off. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you know, I don't know if the if I don't know if he's that dumb and vapid or if this is some sort of trolling of the universe or something. But he gets into all these bar fights and he has all these issues. He's so fucking ridiculous. Him and Freaky Munoz. I don't understand.
1: He's lost it.
0: He they really have. He really has lost it. It's unbelievable and you know joseph gordon levitt has gone so far in my in my eyes i like him so much and the stuff he's done and don john was was good for a first you know time outing and everything uh and i'm happy to see that he's doing really well the kid from third rock from the sun
1: (laughs) yeah who would have thought
0: it has become this big and you don't see frank stewart anywhere (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) lawrence of arabia star peter o'toole has died at the age of 81
0: he had, he had a good run.
1: He had a very good run.
0: He had a good run, a uh, great actor, uh, really, his, he was very drunk, that's the only way to put it, like, during the 50s, 60s, 70s, he drank a lot, and he had a lot of run-ins with people, he was very unpopular, there was a lot of problems, and he sort of sobered up, and even recently he was doing work, and he was one of the main guys in King Ralph, which is a fine film.
1: Um, the director of G.I. Joe 2, uh, John Chu, he was doing some interviews talking about how they're gearing up for G.I. Joe 3 and he let it slip that Channing Tatum might be returning for G.I. Joe 3. So Mm. yes, all of you that were like, they killed off Duke. I always said from the very beginning that I didn't think he was really truly dead, (laughs) and this is GI Joe we're talking about. That he could have easily come back, and it looks like they they are leaving the door open for his return. Well, he's so
0: popular now.
1: Oh my god, yeah, he's become
0: a. You know, they, they even made the movie come out later so they could do more scenes with him, and. He is he's very big he's very popular now he has the the 21 Jump Street sequel coming out and and other stuff so it's it's not a big surprise that they're going to want to get him involved
1: yeah yeah i was yeah, I was. I'd be very shocked if he's not in the third movie. So they're not confirming 100 percent that he's in, but they're saying that yes, the door is open. And just because you quote unquote died in a film in a GI Joe type film doesn't mean he can't come back somehow. So I mean,
0: remember Professor Xavier was supposed to die at the end of X Men, and
1: well, even in GI yeah. Joe alone, uh, the Storm Shadow, the bad guy Storm Shadow, he died in the first movie, and he was the, one of the main bad K- guys in the second movie.
2: kayfabe
1: Fate. totally. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting uh fox is in talks to pick up mark millar's script for starlight starlight's another comic book uh, kind of adaptation that they're looking to do um matthew perry is set to star in an odd couple reboot over at yes yeah,
0: that's gonna get canceled <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert that's gonna get canceled just like everyone. studio 60 on the sunset strip just like mr person what the fuck was mr nice guy <laughs> The show where he was um in the group therapy.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: or the or the or the other show that got canceled where he was the manager of the hockey arena. Listen, you know, he's done all he did he was he tries. He tries. At least God he tries.
1: Where the fuck is uh, Ross?
0: <laughs> David Schwimmer? Yeah. I think he's just counting his money to be honest. <laughs>
1: they um, all could have retired after friends. Yeah. Absolutely. They only got like a million an episode.
0: Yeah. Um but some of them, I mean, I mean Jennifer Aniston's pretty busy, and, of course, Courtney Cox does Cougarton Abbey, Abbey there. Um, which comes back then, weeks. Yeah, and then, oh, they've been fucking, I've been fucking inundated about that show. Uh, and then Joey is on that uh, that show on Showtime that yeah. I like.
1: You get nominations, rewards?
0: Or? Yeah. Oh, it's really good. The guy who's the main British guy in that show, Stephen Mangan, is really funny. I like his stand-up. Yeah. But Matthew Perry this is not going to happen. I'm sorry. This is going to get this is going to get canceled. I'm not even going to try to DVR
1: it. <laughs> um, so I like this piece of casting here, uh, just based on her picture alone. But uh, I need Nick to elaborate more. Uh, Amelia Clark has been signed to play Sarah Connor yeah. in the Terminator reboot.
0: She is very good. She is uh, for those of you who like Game of Thrones, she is Daenerys uh, Targaryen. And I prefer her as her natural dark hair in the show. She's blonde. They're all blonde, but she is great in that. Uh, she's not afraid to show some skin. She's a great actress. Her her role is very very important to the storyline in Game of Thrones. Uh, basically, her family was the royal family. They were her her father was the king, and then they get deposed, and the, her and her twin brother basically get taken away and are looked after. And her story is about. These dragons that are have hacked and you know, she's sort of in charge of the dragons. Her family's uh, symbol is a dragon, and how she wants to go back and claim the throne back for her family. So that's her section of Game of Thrones. So it's pretty heavy, um, and it is really good. I think she really... be a Sarah Connor. Oh, I think she. I think, she'll, I think she'll it works. The
1: Hamilton was the original. Right. She was awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I think it. Uh, I think it works.
1: She needs the dark hair. Let's keep the dark hair. And I,
0: if I if I remember correctly, um, uh, Lena Headley was Sarah Connor on the yes, show. You're correct. Who who was also is also on Game of Thrones.
1: <laughs> exactly. I thought that was weird. Yeah.
0: She looks more like like Linda Hamilton.
1: Yeah. Lena Headley was great as Sarah Connor on the Sarah Connor yeah. Chronicles.
0: Of course, I preferred Summer Glau in that. Uh, for obvious reasons. But um, she was really good. But I, I think this will be a new spin. I think she'll be different. I think she'll be a little more feminine. But she's a very she can be very strong. Like her character on Game of Thrones is very strong. Nice. Uh, her and Jason Momoa have some very uh, interesting sex scenes together. But she's really good. I, I think this is a good casting decision. I'm a big fan of her work.
1: Nice. And also keeping up with Terminator Reboot. They have their uh, sights set on Jason Clark for John Connor um i'm kind of i'm not sold on this dude yet but he's pretty good he was in white house down this past summer he was also in zero dark 30 last year he's going to be in um dawn of the planet of the apes he's definitely somebody that's really starting to make waves right now and um i think he's pretty decent i don't know about him as john connor i mean of course last played by christian bale Uh, you know i just i don't know if i see him as john yet but i I don't hate it at the same time so i don't know if you know much about jason clark or if you have any.
0: i've never even heard of him
1: okay (laughs) So No idea. Um, so Sony has announced, and this was actually really big news this week too, Sony has announced that they're going to try to pull a Marvel, and they're only, <laughs> what's funny about it is they only own the Spider-Man property, but they want to they expand the Spider-Man universe, and they want to do something bigger like the Marvel stuff, where different movies will tie into each other and branch off the characters. They have announced that they're going to do a Venom movie, a complete movie just on Venom, And they're going to do a villain-based movie based on the Sinister Six. So that's pretty crazy. Um, (laughs) I don't know how they're going to pull off a Sinister Six movie without Spider-Man. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they could have a Spider-Man cameo in it, but that's really going to center on uh, all the villains coming together to become the Sinister Six. Ooh. So that's very unique to kind of go the bad guy route rather than the good guys. Um, so well, they gotta you got to do something different.
0: Yeah. you got to do something different instead of whatever uh, DC Comics is trying to do. Like, they're sort of trying to shoehorn in a fucking Justice League movie. <laughs> So I give them credit for that. Am I that interested? Not really. (laughs) Spider-Man, of of all the superheroes, all the big superhero movies, Spider-Man is just fine, but it it doesn't make my toes tingle. He's not going to be Iron Man or Superman or or Batman or Ant-Man or (laughs) Aquaman.
1: Damn, he's way down there. <laughs> well, I'm
0: not even—I'm not even a big Superman movie, to, Superman guy. To be honest, I will usually see Superman because the casting is really good. The people involved are really good, but uh, I'm more of a Batman guy. I've always been more of a Batman guy, going all the way back to Michael Keaton.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so this is very interesting I mean, kudos to Sony for really thinking outside the box But they are going to do a Venom movie And a Sinister Six movie so, uh, And that's in addition to already announcing Spider-Man 3 and 4 So it's going to be interesting They're definitely going to utilize what they got For, for licenses um, I like this, so going back to Adam Sandler a little bit Adam Sandler is going to guest star On Brooklyn 9 Nine Super Bowl episode
0: Yeah, as himself
1: <laughs> Yes, he is going to play himself very That's, very cool. It's fine. That's and also fine. on the Super Bowl episode of New Girl, Prince is going to be on that episode.
0: Yeah. I I'm not a fan of Prince anymore. <laughs> I'm 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 taking uh, Raspberry Beret and Pussy oh. Control and all my favorites off my fucking iPhone as we speak.
1: I can't believe you he's, just named Pussy Control.
0: <laughs> he's dead to me. So awesome. 1999 and oh. well, when I think of Prince, that's one oh. of the first two or three songs. Like, no, awesome. nobody know. talks about Pussy Control. How can you not no, talk, I talk about
1: it? Oh, Pussy <laughs> Control.
0: Of course you do. How can? <laughs> Because no one, no one wants to call, name the fucking song. How can you not talk well, about it? The song
1: on the album isn't named P-Control. <laughs> well. Uh, but we that's all like, know it's P-Control. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's like Forget You with CeeLo.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, we
0: know what's going on, CeeLo. <laughs> <laughs> ain't, ain't that some shit. Ain't that some shit.
1: Uh, CBS has renewed Survivor for two more seasons no
0: one fucking cares Jeff Br- the only person that cares is that is that bird is the word uh, chick Missy on Twitter who says she wants to do her own podcast I told her to listen to Am I on the air you want to do your own podcast listen to stuff on Red Dragons Radio it's I like know. Rihanna, Rihanna's now doing her six fucking podcasts she was just a member of our audience and now she has her own fucking shows
1: I know uh, I'm glad we're an inspiration for everyone.
0: Yeah, we are the inspiration.
1: So, yeah, so Survivor coming back for its 29th and 30th season. Nobody fucking cares. Insane. We've another on. trailer for Rio 2. Um, Rio 2? Rio 2 coming out. Oh, did you watch the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise? No. Oh, this looks so good. This is a new movie coming out in 2014, summer of 2014. stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Um, it's called. It's called Edge of Tomorrow. The trailer just debuted last week. Um, it looks awesome. It's a sci-fi type movie. He's there's. It's kind of. Did you Did you ever see Source Code? with Jake Gyllenhaal? No, it looks so, awful. So it's kind of it's almost it reminds me of that. A oh, oh, basically you know what? Eating the day, like he dies and he comes back and he's at the beginning of the morning and he's got to try to like prevent whatever to happen so he doesn't die again, but he keeps dying and then repeats and like. You
0: no, know, I remember, I remember hearing about this movie where he's a soldier and he dies and then he just keeps on coming back and keeps on coming back and sort of like it's like Groundhog Day but in war. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I did hear about this movie, yeah.
1: Yeah, it it looks awesome. This trailer was great and really got me stoked for it. So um, that is one of the biggest trailers that we posted in the last week.
0: As long as he's not making a sequel to Oblivion.
1: <laughs> um, Showtime has renewed episodes for Season 4. We were just talking about episodes with uh, Matt, uh, Matt LeBlanc and um, the... American version of the British show. Um, And actually it was just announced after our last episode that they are working on the script for Bad Boys 3. So I'm super stoked on this. The one thing I'm not stoked on it is they're saying that at this point it doesn't look like uh, Michael Bay is involved.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> that kind of bums me out because obviously Bad Boys 1 and 2 is a Michael Bay film. And, you know, I think it's really the combination of all those guys that made those movies work so well. Not
0: even as, like, a producer.
1: They're saying at this point he's got nothing to do with it. Which, wow. which I feel like it won't stay that way because I've heard Michael Bay in many interviews say, yes, the plan is to do a Bad Boys 3 at some point. So I know it's been on his radar. So it's not like he's had this fallen out or anything. Maybe
0: even if he doesn't direct it, at least he should be a producer on exactly. it,
1: right? I feel like he will will be at least in that capacity. I feel like this might just be like a thing that the studio is like, we want to do this and we don't want to waste any more time. And maybe Michael Bay is just too busy right now to like stop and jump on it for what the studio wants to do. So, uh, they are penning the script right now. The guy that wrote safe house with, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington last year, uh, he's writing the script right now. um, and the last piece of news on here um, is basically that the writers uh, for Fast and Furious Seven—he um, is actually digging through all the footage that they have, and he's trying to rewrite the script to rearrange around the footage that they already have shot with Paul Walker, so they could actually leave that footage in the movie and not have to scrap it and start all over again. That's so, good. Uh, it is good. It's what we've speculated from the beginning that we hoped that they would have done to, to um, give him the right send-off. You know, that's what they're trying to do. They want to give him a proper send-off. And they're really trying to dig through all the footage and make it work uh, to the best way. And then a rumor came out a little bit after that that the studio was talking to Paul Walker's brother, who's actually a stuntman, and that they were saying that you know he looks a lot like Paul Walker. And that not to do any acting stuff, but they were saying that they're trying to work out a deal with him to where he can maybe come in and do like stand-in stuff like do those background shots do action shots in the cars and do things like that to where they can film him from the side and the back and in the distance and actually fill in maybe any holes that they have so very interesting that they might utilize his brother to do that yeah interesting um Alright, and last but not least, actually some of the biggest news before we get to Nick's grievances is uh, the fact that the Golden Globes uh, were announced. So uh, we would be remiss not to talk about this uh, as the Golden Globes for that will be hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who I love and love them as a combination, um, will be hosting. And um, I thought there was a pretty good lineup going on uh, for the Golden Globes here. Uh, Give me one sec. This damn link isn't working. I'll say
0: this while you're looking for that. I think it's very funny. The Golden Globes are always interesting because some years they're really in tune with the Oscars and some years they're really not. And with all the movies this year, the funny part with the Golden Globes is that they separate the movies into dramas and comedies and musicals. And they listed uh, American Hustle, The Wolf of Wall Street, and Her, that Joaquin Phoenix movie. They listed those as comedies for purposes of the Golden Globes, but in actuality, what it is is that Twelve Years a Slave and Captain Phillips and you know, there's a lot of dramatic, more dramatic movies that have yeah. to get in. So, what I mean, a comedy is, you know, Anchorman, not fucking Wolf <laughs> exactly. of Wall Street, <laughs>
1: exactly. but.
0: But, you know, it's the foreign press. It's a little weird. The Golden Globes are a lot more fun, like Ricky Gervais was hosting, and he gets a little bawdy. Tina and Amy get on there. I remember when Jennifer Lawrence won, uh, <laughs> she made the joke that, oh, it says uh, Meryl didn't win, or you beat Meryl, and, you know, a funny moment there. Uh, it is a little more loosey-goosey, and they do TV, and they do movies. So that's really cool. That's one of the things I like about the British Academy Awards, the BAFTAs, because they will do both uh, movies and television shows. I like that. I like the sort of the combination of it. Uh, And I'll say this, uh, Idris Elba is nominated in two categories, and so is the guy who stars in 12 Years a Slave, who I I don't want to mispronounce his name, Um, Chiwetel. And I like that, too. And, And sometimes you will get some really cool nominees and some really interesting things that go on. So it's sort of like the Oscars, but there's really nothing like the golden globes i've always been a big fan of of the golden globes because it's a little more loose
1: right no i totally agree with you and this gives us a good sign of kind of where they're going for it's usually a precursor to the oscars so yeah. run it down as we always do and give you our opinions uh best motion picture drama uh your nominees are 12 years a slave captain phillips gravity Philomena, and rush So I was pretty proud of myself that I actually saw three of the five films nominated. I got to see rush. Uh, I saw captain Phillips. I saw gravity and rush. So, um, I, you know, Early word is, of course, I think 12 Years a Slave is probably going to take it. Um, yeah. But for me, out of the three movies I saw, I probably liked Gravity the best. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would say Rush after mm-hmm. that. So uh, Captain Phillips was great as well, but I liked Gravity the best, followed by Rush. I don't think Gravity will win it, because overall, I mean, I think it's just, it was a theater experience and it was an amazing movie, but I don't know like, if it's that kind of caliber of a film. But... You know, I personally liked it the best, but I would go either Gravity or Rush. So what do you think? I,
0: I think Twelve Years of Slave is gonna win. I think Twelve Years of Slave is the Oscar front runner right now. It's winning tons of awards. So even though I haven't seen it, everyone I've everyone who I know who has seen it has said it's very powerful. This is a movie I bought a ticket for and was going to see and got stuck at work. So I may end up having to see it. Since I, I try to see as many of the Oscar movies as possible. so I think 12 Years a Slave is probably going to win.
1: And like Nick said, best motion picture musical or comedy? Your nominees are American Hustle, Her, Inside Lewin Davis, Nebraska, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I have not seen any of these movies yet. As Half of them just literally came out. Um, but out of this list, I'm most excited about Wolf of Wall Street. So I'll go with that
0: interesting i 'm most this is very interesting i 'm actually more excited for american hustle uh-huh. but the inside the Davis is the Cohen brothers movie it looks, yeah, it looks sort of <laughs> peculiar i wouldn 't say horrible it looks peculiar i mean it the Cohen so brothers sad. So the the, uh, the Cohen brothers do a lot of like they do more sometimes they do mainstream movies, but most of their movies are weird uh, and then her we talked about the joaquin Phoenix oh. movie and what the hell else was in there Wolf of wall Street american hustle and
1: Oh, sorry, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle, uh, Her, Inside Lewin Davis, and Nebraska.
0: Nebraska is a black-and-white movie, uh, Bill Hader's is in it, uh, Bruce Dern is in it. It's about an uh, old man like going to claim a publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes win or something like that. Looks very quirky. So there's a lot of quirky movies here. Uh, I'm going to go with American Hustle. All I've heard from people who have, who, uh, have seen it, uh, critics can't write about it, but the word of mouth has been oh, that. It's
1: out now. Yeah. Well, now oh, it's out. Yeah, we we're almost. ninety-four percent. Yeah. But before
0: tomatoes? before it came out and critics had seen it, but couldn't yeah. really talk about it. There was a lot of buzz, and uh, I wish I wasn't. I didn't have all this stuff going on because I really would well, like to see it. Yeah. But there's just too much going on this time of year, unfortunately. But so I'm gonna go with American Hustle. I'm really looking forward to that.
1: On a side note, Walking Phoenix I didn't even have this article posted to talk about it, but Walking Phoenix is supposedly in negotiations to be a villain in the Man of Steel sequel. So what do you think about that?
0: Uh it's fine. As long as he's not Lex Luthor.
1: I see that's the rumors that he might be Lex, which I sounds, really don't like him as Lex at all. Terrible I hope he'll be somebody else, if that's true. I'm hit and miss with Joaquin Phoenix, but he could be really good, and he could be kind of eh for me, so I'll have to wait and see. Uh, Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Your nominees are Tuatel Ejiofor in 12 Years a Slave, Idris Elba in Mandela, a Long Walk to Freedom, Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips, Matthew McConaughey, Dallas Buyers Club, and Robert Redford for All is Lost. Um, I only saw... Uh, Captain Phillips out of this, so I would have to go with Tom Hanks, which he was amazing in Captain Phillips. I uh, hear great, great, great things about Matthew McConaughey and Dallas Buyers Club as well. Uh, these are all one that I don't think you could really go wrong with. The only one I don't like is the Robert Redford one. Everybody else, I think, is much deserved. So.
0: Yeah. I've seen the trailers for that Idris Elba Nelson Mandela movie. I haven't seen it yet, though. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go with Chewetel and 12 Years a Slave. I've heard he's very good. There's a lot of buzz. Uh, I think he's a great actor, so I'm going to I really do think 12 Years a Slave is the movie to, to beat so I'm going to continue forward with that there you go and fuck Tom Hanks
1: <laughs> best actor in a motion picture comedy or musical uh, you got Christian Bale for American Hustle Bruce Dern for Nebraska Leonardo DiCaprio for Wolf of Wall Street Oscar Isaac for Inside Lewin Davis and Joaquin Phoenix for Her um, I will go, uh, Chris. Uh, no, you know what? I'm gonna go Leo. Uh, I think he looks awesome. And, I, and see, I'm not a Leo fan, but I will give props when props are due. And I think it looks like he kills it in Wolf of Wall Street. So I will give it to him for that.
0: I'm still I'm rooting for Leo to finally get an Oscar. So I'm gonna root for Leo throughout that that Best Actor Oscar race because uh, you're gonna have Bradley Cooper. Uh, possibly you're going to have Christian Bale. Possibly you're going to have Leo. You're going to have Tom Hanks. You're going to have Cary Tell, You could have Idris Elba in there. Uh, you could have Robert Redford. That's going to be a hell of a category this year at the Oscars.
1: Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama: Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine. Uh, Blue Jasmine. <clears throat> Sandra Bullock in Gravity. Judy Judy Dench in Phil- Philomena. Uh, Emma Thompson in Saving Mr. Banks. And Kate Winslet for Labor Day. Um, I'll go Sandra Bullock in Gravity.
0: Uh, I, I like Judy Dench. She's almost blind, and she's still acting, so I give, <laughs> I give her a lot of credit.
1: Best Actress in a Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Amy Adams for American Hustle, uh, Julia Delpy in Before Midnight, Greta Gerwig in Frances Ha, Julia Louis-Dreyfus in Enough Said, and Meryl Streep in August Osage County. Uh, I'll go Amy Adams for American Hustle.
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds good.
1: Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. You got um, Bacard Abdi in Captain Phillips, Daniel Brühl in Rush, Bradley Cooper in American Hustle, Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave, and Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club. Um, mm, this is a tricky one, too, man. I like Michael Fassbender, Bradley Cooper, and the dude in Rush did an amazing job, also. I'm really shocked the dude from Captain Phillips got a nominee, because this was like his first movie, and he was just like some Haitian dude that they brought up right well, off. I mean, the- it is
0: the foreign press, so...
1: Um. I would go Michael Fassbender for Twelve Years of sleep.
0: I've heard he's really good, uh, but I'm going to go with Bradley Cooper, who yep. I've heard I've heard from some reports is really good in American
1: Hustle. Yeah, I've heard, yeah, all the same.
0: I, can I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we run down the t- the uh, movie the movie categories, and why don't we save the TV for next week? Since we're sort of next week, well, we will do a show before the awards, though, right? The awards are like in February, aren't they? Oh. End of January. I'm just saying for for time constraints. Uh,
1: Okay. Um
0: I mean we got it's 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 you know, it's ten fifteen and you know. Uh
1: okay, so best supporting actress in a motion picture Sally Hawkins in Blue Jasmine, Jennifer Lawrence American Hustle, Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave, Julia Roberts, August Osage County, and June Squibb for Nebraska. Go Jennifer Lawrence on that. I,
0: I, do I even need to be asked?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. Best Director, Alfonso Curran for Gravity, Paul Greengrass, Captain Phillips, Steve McQueen, 12 Years a Slave, Alexander Payne, Nebraska, and David O. Russell, American Hustle. I gotta go Alfonso Curran for Gravity. The movie is one of the the most beautifully shot films I've ever seen, and it just it's just amazing. So definitely, if it doesn't get any other award, I think he should definitely get Best Director.
0: I gotta go with David O. Russell. David O. is becoming one of these guys like Chris Nolan that doesn't make any bad movies. The Fighter was very good. Silver Playbook, one of my only five-star movies, and American Hustle, the movie I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing.
1: Uh, best Animated Film, The Croods, Despicable Me 2, and Frozen. Uh, I would go Despicable Me too on that
0: one. That's fine.
1: All right. Uh, the rest is TV, so I guess we will bounce to TV at a later scheduled time before the awards actually air. We'll catch you on the next season for that. Um, so I'll go it over to Nick then. Let's air some grievances.
0: Okay. I uh, I had a lot of stuff, but I've cut it back uh so don if there's anything you want to say i have six grievances and i'll make it relatively quick because i know uh we're gonna record future endeavors tonight also uh so we got a lot of stuff going on big episode of future endeavors by the way season finale the Endeavour awards some additional airing of grievances and of course we'll be talking about the possible return of a certain member of the marvel universe uh i'm going to start with uh my number six grievance, making the same movie over and over and over again. And I'm going to give an example of three movies that, to me, look exactly the same. Uh, Drive, the Ryan Gosling movie that came out a year ago or two years ago. Uh, Need for Speed, which is the movie that's coming out with the guy from Breaking Bad. And that Ethan Hawke movie that I don't even know the name of. Getaway. Getaway, where he has to drive around with uh, was it Demi Lovato
1: <laughs> no, or Selena not. Gomez?
0: Selena Gomez. Uh, they're all the same. Uh, this looks. This is the same fucking movie. Uh, is this necessary?
1: I think you can take Drive out of that.
0: Can I? Hey, yeah. I mean, Drive. Just from... Drive was
1: was very artsy and and really he oh. didn't. Well, just drive from, that from much. looking,
0: <laughs> just from looking at it, it's like I don't. I do carry a gun. I drive. Yeah. Uh, just from the way they were marketed, they look like they were the same fucking movie. Uh, that makes me very upset. I don't like that. That's a grievance. Don, you have any, any thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I, you know, this upcoming year, we got Hercules with Kellen Lutz, and then we got Hercules with The Rock. And, I mean, for me, it's more of the direct stuff. Like, why do we need to see. Like, there's like three or four um, (laughs) Lance Armstrong movies coming out next year. You know, it's like, why do we need so many of the same story told? And why do they always have to come out in the same year? You know, we had Olympus Has Fallen, then we had White House Down. You know, it's like, why do we always get doubles? I just don't understand that, and I don't want it. You know, let's just pick one and and move forward. That
0: that Kellen Let's Hercules movie looks terrible, by the way. It does, because it was shot
1: like... Not even half the budget, the Rock one's going to be. Yeah,
0: I can't wait for that Rock uh, Hercules. I, I like the Rock Hercules movies coming out like six months later. So it's, no one will even remember that other Hercules movie at that point. Hopefully. Uh, my, my next grievance is uh, obviously fake reality television. Uh, you know, Americans can be dumb, but we're not that dumb. And I really hate when it's obvious that a reality show is fake. I mean, we know it's mostly scripted. We know it's not really reality, but when they do things, and we saw this sometimes on Total Divas, uh, we'll see this on other shows, it looks so ridiculously fake, and it just insults our intelligence. I don't like that. That's one of my grievances. Don, I know you don't watch as many uh, shows like that. You watch more of the competition shows, but you remember when we had uh, Kip on how she was talking about, even those shows are sort of like the producer sets things up to get the results that they want.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it does suck, because that was the biggest appeal for me when reality shows first started, was kind of peeling the the curtain back and, and seeing that reality side of it, and it does suck that now when you watch a show like that, that's all you think the entire time was, did that really happen, or was that put in there for the scene... You know, it sucks. It really does take away from it because, you know, I do watch some reality television and I love shows like South Beach Toe and Operation Repo. And Well, those are, and, and so, rid- so, overly those sp- are so ridiculously fake. fake at the beginning and now they're like so beyond ridiculous. Well, like when I
0: remember watching the one episode where the guy like attacks the office with a firecracker or something <laughs> and like he's trying to like smoke them out of the office because they, he wants his car. It that was that looks so bad. So so bad. So preposterous. Um but I mean it's it's true T V. So there's just a lot of things that just defy logic in those shows. It's like there's no way this could happen. Um Anyway, uh, my next two are sort of related. Uh, not giving TV shows enough time and then giving TV shows too much time. Uh, on the not giving shows enough time, uh, there's, there's lots of shows that might have gotten canceled if they were on today. Uh, Cheers, Seinfeld, shows that took time to get their audience, that got sort of bounced around. Oh, we'll look at Family Guy, a show that was saved from, from cancellation once and then was canceled again and then was saved from cancellation again by big DVD sales and ratings on the Cartoon Network. There's shows that need to cultivate an audience and it's too bad because I feel like there's some shows that if they were on Showtime or HBO or on cable could cultivate an audience and it wouldn't, the ratings wouldn't be as big a deal. And I think you could have a lot of success. On the other side, I think there's some shows, and we talked about uh, Survivor, and it's a lot of reality shows that are really cheap to make, or I would say The Office was on too many seasons. Uh, there's just some shows that have, are way past their prime and need to be cut short. Uh, you know, I, I look to Seinfeld. Seinfeld is a great example in my opinion because if you look at the last season of Seinfeld, there are several episodes in that last season that are still like classic Seinfeld episodes that people still talk about. Uh, and that's from the last season of Seinfeld. You know, The Office and there's other shows, a lot of reality stuff that just it needs to be taken care of. It needs to be cut. Uh, Don, what are your thoughts about the TV shows? Not, not given enough time and given too much time.
1: Um... That doesn't bother me too much. The biggest point that that bothers me is with, um, like, the singing competitions and stuff like that, how they're on, like, two or three times a week. Like, I don't need to see the voice on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And when, you know, there's just so much filler. And, like, I can literally watch an episode (laughs) of the voice like... In like 45 minutes, you know, out of a two hour block, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just uncalled for. And especially on an elimination special, there's no need for that to be an hour long thing just to tell me who's going home. You know, like it's just, that's when it becomes just too, too much. And I think that's why people are getting burnt out on all of these singing competitions and you're seeing the ratings start to go down. You know, I mean, yeah, X Factor was way down, but even The Voice was down like 30% from last year too. So, you know, it's just, there is a lot of fatigue and I think it's because it's on so many nights and everything. Even American Idol has actually said that on their result show, they're going to cut that show from an hour to a half hour long because they finally realize it's just too damn much. And I'm glad that they're finally seeing the shit. So that's my biggest point when it comes to shit being on... Too long, too much, and it just takes away from the joy of the product.
0: There you go. Uh, my number two it 's funny we talked about s n l this week, and the the fact that this this week 's episode was pretty good. I thought the John Goodman episode was funny, had a lot of, had more good than bad. Uh, one of my biggest grievances is Saturday Night Live on a weekly basis, and my friend was talking about this, and basically basically there's his his, his theory is that. Almost everyone can answer the question, I stopped watching Saturday Night Live regularly when? Because even you, Don, like, you you won't watch every episode. You'll sort of hear if it's good or I'll tell you that it's good to watch. or You'll watch, like, the best clips on Hulu or whatever. Uh, And people can remember, like, I stopped watching Saturday Night Live when fill in the blank, when Will Ferrell left, when Adam Sandler left, when this happened, when that happened. And it's just incredibly inconsistent They've had a lot of issues as far as the diversity of the cast, not having a black female in the cast, and it's just not very good on a week-in and week-out basis. Uh, even this season that had some really good moments, it's, it's up and down. It really depends on who's hosting. And it really bothers me because I think you have talented people there, and I think it's the writing and the writing staff there that's – I don't think it's been good or definitely hasn't been as good since Tina Fey left as the head writer several years ago. So just to call one show out specifically that I have a grievance about is that Saturday Night Live is just incredibly inconsistent
1: yeah i'll agree i mean it is very inconsistent and i don't know if i remember one specific spot where i kind of slowed down or stopped i mean i was way more into it with the 90s with that you know when you had adam sandler and you had all the real big guys on there will ferrell and everybody um i've always kind of watched it on a need-to-know basis, you know, like I said, like, like, you will always usually tell me ahead of time, like, hey, you need to check it out tonight, or people will tell me, or uh, I base it off a lot of who's hosting, too, if I like the host, I'll usually DVR it, and at least then I can just fast-forward if the script, if the scene sucks, you know, so, it's always usually DVR worthy, but I mean, that might be I watch an hour and a half. It might be I watch 10 minutes, you know, so it is very inconsistent. Back in the day, I was actually more of a mad TV man because I loved mad TV. Mad TV was very consistent back in the day compared to what, you know, SNL was. So, um, you know, it, it it hits high when it hits and it hits low when it doesn't. So hopefully they'll they'll find their groove again someday.
0: Uh, and my number one biggest grievance of the year is not going to be a surprise to anyone who's a listener to Am I on the Air, the length of movies. There is no reason for these movies to be two hours long. There's nothing wrong with an hour and a half for a comedy. There's nothing wrong with an hour and 24 minutes. There's just nothing wrong with it. Even a movie like Machete Kills was too long and didn't get edited properly. How can you have a movie like that that has too much exposition in it? I'm just dumbfounded. So many of these movies are two hours long, hour and 50 minutes long. That could be an hour and a half or an hour and 25 minutes easily. They're getting lazy, and it's really bothering me. It's probably my biggest pet peeve in all of entertainment right now. I just don't understand what's going on. I don't know why these movies are two hours long because if they're shorter, you can get more viewings and more people to theoretically come and see it and some more popcorn and so on and so forth. A longer movie is going to take up a screen for more time. I don't know why they have to be this way, especially in the era of the Blu-ray extended cut combo pack. You're going to make a two-hour movie and the extras are going to be another uh, two minutes or 57 seconds, or whatever it's going to be. Make an hour and a half movie, and then give us like 40 minutes of an extended cut. That would be really interesting. So that's my biggest grievance, my biggest pet peeve, the thing that bothers me the most in 2013, and in general. Don, I know you feel similar to this in a lot of ways. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, it's bad when a movie like Machete Kills, <laughs> that is that I really am looking forward to and want to see so bad. And And I'm like, god damn, they needed to cut a half hour off that movie. Um, It is becoming more of a trend. Um, Usually run times don't bother me too much because in my eyes, I want a movie to be kind of two hours. There are exceptions. Obviously comedies are a big one to where a nice 90-minute movie really streamlines it. Um, But for me, you know, it's like you're paying money to go see this experience, go watch this movie. To me, in my mind, two hours is a movie. You know, I can watch a TV show for an hour for free. You know, so, like, give me more than another hour with it. Um, But it needs to make sense. You know, like, some movies it works well with. I mean, I I don't mind when a movie goes over two hours if it makes sense and it's really delivering me on all cylinders. But when another movie just takes you out of the mix, I mean, then somebody didn't do their job. So, you know, we talked about it with Anchorman. We talked about it with Machete Kills. You know, I'm sure there were others this year that we were just like, man, it could have done without 10 or 15 more minutes. Um, It doesn't have to be a lot, but... You know, depending on the type of movie it is, there's no need to kind of stretch it out because then you just take people out of the mix. So, um, I, I I feel more this this last year has been the biggest problem with that process you know and it's bad because then you get an extended cut that's 53 seconds longer and you're like really (laughs) you know it'd be nice to like like we said earlier you know with anchorman if they would have cut out those 25 minutes and then when they release the blu-ray you get the extended unrated cut that's literally with a half hour added into the film of brand new scenes and footage that you've never seen before I would love that. I'm somebody that buys Blu-rays on a regular basis, and that would really make me stoked to be able to get a whole different version of the film with that much extra time added back in. So, you know, all we can do is hope that they listen, and then they try to bring us, you know, what's the best product.
0: There you have it, folks. Those are my 2013 grievances. We will have some more grievances on future endeavors. And happy Festivus for everyone who celebrates Festivus.
1: Beautiful. All right, well, let's run down the charts for the last time of 2013, uh, starting with your albums. Coming in at number 10 is the Frozen soundtrack. Number 9 is Prism by Katy Perry. Um, number 8 is the Marshall Mathers LP 2 by Eminem. Number 7 is Because the Internet by Childish Gambino. Number 6 is Duck the Halls, A Robertson Family Christmas. Number 5 is Midnight Memories by One Direction. Number 4 is Black Panties by R. Kelly. Number three is Wrapped in Red by Kelly Clarkson. Number two is Blame It on All My Roots, Five Decades of Influences by Garth Brooks. And number one, we talked about it earlier, it's Beyoncé with Beyoncé. Let's move over to the singles. Coming in at number ten... Is uh, story of my life by One Direction. Number nine is Let Her Go by Passenger. Number eight is Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Number seven is Wake Me Up by Avicii. Number six is Demons by Imagine Dragons. Number five is Royals by Lord. Number four is Say Something by a Great Big World and Christina Aguilera. Number three is Counting Stars by One Republic. Number two is Timber by Pitbull featuring Kesha, and the number one song is The Monster by Eminem. Featuring Rihanna And moving over to Our box office charts and releases Out on DVD and Blu-ray Tuesday We talked about this film actually really briefly Earlier tonight, Don John. Don John is the directorial debut By Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt With Scarlett Johansson, really good movie Me and Nick both enjoyed this film Donjon, out on DVD and Blu-ray Tuesday In theaters on Friday Is a lot of handful of movies You got The Wolf of Wall Street 47 Ronin Grudge Match and the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, so lots of big movies hitting theaters. On I'll be Christmas. seeing,
0: I'll be seeing two of those for sure.
1: Yeah, I hope to see all four of those, but you know, I'm, with, I'm with definitely not going to see, definitely
0: can. not seeing Walter Mitty. Oh, really? No, absolutely not. Wow. Uh, and then, what I'm going to see, Grudge Match and Wolf of Wall Street.
1: I know you probably have no interest in 47 Ronin.
0: <laughs> Fuck Keanu Reeves. I've, I, I know the story. I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the history of that story. It's just a retelling of something that's already been done better. I don't need Keanu Reeves in my movies.
1: Alright, here's your fresh box office. Coming in at number 10 is Thor the Dark World at 1.3 million. Number 9 is a movie called Doom 3, and this is not Doom starring The Rock in the third version of his movie. This is actually an Indian film that somehow did this massively that it reached the top 10 in the box office. Doom three, three point three million. Number eight is Walking with Dinosaurs with seven point three million. Number seven is Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas with eight point five million. Oh God! Six is The Hunger Games: Catching Fire with eight point eight million. Number five is Saving Mr. Banks with nine point three million. Number four is American Hustle with 19.1 million. Number three is Frozen with 19.2 million. Number two is Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, with 26.8 million. And number one, again, for the second week in a row, it's The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug with $31.5 million. Uh, The Hobbit and Anchorman were in a neck and neck race all weekend, and Hobbit ended up edging it out. Now, Anchorman opened up on Wednesday, so if they would have been smart and actually done it on a Friday, it would have actually beat it because Anchorman brought in over $40 million if you include it since Wednesday. Um, But if you only count the three days, it only did 26.8. So it's still a big hit. They made Anchorman 2, I think, on a $30 million budget, so they've already crossed that. So... Congratulations to them, Uh, big box office weekend there, uh, as we gear up for four big movies coming out on Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas to uh, everyone, happy holidays if you don't celebrate Christmas, um, from all of us here on Am I on the Air, we really had a great, great year in 2013, and um, I... Love doing this show, and I think you all know that and I you know appreciate everyone that listens and tunes in on a weekly basis. Uh, you know We appreciate you guys listening every week and writing us on Twitter and you know liking the different posts and trailers and everything on Facebook. Uh, we really enjoy what we do and I love bringing you guys the latest news and, and information to keep you up to speed in the world of entertainment. So am I on the air uh, looking for a big 2014? Uh, thanks to Nick, um, always being my partner in crime. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and we'll be back uh, better than ever 2014.
0: Uh, and for anybody who uh, listens and doesn't like me, Man of Steel was the worst movie of the year. <laughs> you can... Like us on Facebook at Am I On The Air with Nick and Don? That's where you'll see all these trailers, all these other videos, all the honest trailers, all the stuff that we've talked about, all the news articles. Everything can be found on our Facebook page. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Am I On The Air, all one word. Follow Don at DXDonMega. Follow me at NickGator. And of course, for all of the shows as part of our network, follow Red Dragons Radio. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at Am I on the Air with Nick and Don. Uh, listen to us on Spreaker and Stitcher, the XS Radio Network, or just go to reddragonsradio.com and you can find us there as well. There is no reason why you shouldn't be listening. It's been a good 2013 uh, in the world of movies, music, and television. And we will begin again in 2014, probably in a couple of weeks. Probably take a couple of weeks off here to get re evaluated and situated. Uh, But we will be returning in January. So thank you for all of your time. This has
2: been Am I on the Air?